River Kingdoms are an ever-warring group of city-states, kingdoms, and fiefdoms, where lives are threatened every day by conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Mavoy sits the Stolen Lands, stolen from me and my kind, and degenerated into savage conflict. I have been called by many names, Titania, Nerissa, the Queen of Forgotten Time. Herein lies the end of Stagthorn's tale, where Caelan Peacebringer has finally taken control of the wilderness, monsters, romantic entanglements, the affairs of ancient gods, and war. I will lift the heavy burden from his head and bring Stagthorn peace forever. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. Episode 134. When last we left our heroes. Yep. Um, you had solved all the River Kingdom's problems. Yep, that turned out to be a big mistake. The aura of the, the peace had been declared universally. Yep. Um, Titania wants to put you in a bottle. Yep. Um, and specifically in the last one, you basically played with your swords. Yeah, yeah, I figured out how my swords work and... Um, talk to everyone in sundry. Talk to everyone in sundry and then... Um, you know, a day or two went, a few days went past, and then um, we got our first word that something bad was happening in the kingdom, and it's specifically where we had a farm hex. We now have a um, giant wall of thorns yeah. under which our farmers are presumably in there somewhere. And Kaylin has chosen um, caution over cost. Uh, and activated all his armies, which uh, you'll be very glad of in a while. Yep. <laughs> Yes, so my armies are just all now paying, I'm paying them consumption on a weekly basis so they can all um, uh, sit in their various cities and be prepared for anything that attacks them. So housekeeping for a couple of things Ah, before we get into it. Um, We talked about Tusky Thunderfist, who Who was captured by Erebeti when when all his runners got got taken out. And of course rescued it when we rescued Kirsten Garris and Simon. Yep, yep. Um, which he was totally there the whole time. In the DVD edits, in the, in the, um. Yeah, when you, when you watch in the, the DVD. In the Lucas, in the new Lucas edits when we release these episodes in ten years. <laughs> Tusky will be standing the... in the background as a CGI creation doing something wacky. Yeah. Um, you have rescued him. He, he was, let us say, um, uh, temporarily injured or some such thing, preventing him from actually participating in that combat with the gargoyle monsters. Yeah, or he just kind of flat landed. Or, or, or possibly, like he literally, literally was in another bit of the castle, which we didn't find. And um... in any case, you retro retroactively rescued him. Yep. Brought him back, and you may assign him to an army if you so desire. Yes. So I would like to do so. Um... I do not. I have my city sheet, but not my kingdom um, sheet here. Tell. So I don't actually have the one that's got my army. Cobalt defenders have Mitwick. Stagrunners have Free Group March. The Avenging Bowmen have Kesten Garrus, which I'm sure will work just fine. Um, Thunderhooves of Thunder have Denied Thunderhoof. So 
our remaining uh, interesting general armies are, um, oh, yes, Queen Vestit's general in the Hopfa. Yeah. Alright, so there's only two that don't have interesting generals, um, which is the um, Varnhold army and Fort Draylev shields. Yep. So um, I'm going to put him in to look after the Fort Draylev shields. Yeah. Basically, Caelan was planning to um, rebuild the Rory's runners, but, you know, he didn't get round to it before the um, defeat of Ravetti and... Um, then it was too late. <laughs> there we are. So for now, these seven armies are the armies that I have. Well, you have your kingdom sheet out. Yep. Uh, you do. Um, can you give your kingdom a hero point? Yes. Uh, it's about to get. It's over the next several sessions. It will get some uh, egregious railroading. Yep. So I already have two, so now I have three. Yep. The kingdom receives a hero point. Uh, the reasons for which will probably become yeah, yeah, I, I, I won't give them to you at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I, I get the general. It's the, kind of the same reason we all got hero points, because stuff is happening to us that we do not control. Yeah. In our case, it was specifically we got cursed by Titania, but, you know, in a broader sense, so has the whole nation been cursed by Titania. So, yep, I've got, I retroactively have Tusky. Yep. Um, and then the rest of it is um, housekeeping for what Tristan and um, Kale and Nat are doing. Now, I'm presuming that you would rather play out what Tristan and Kale are doing than cut back away to what's happened when you left then jump back and forth between it or do all the setup now and then cut from place to place to place to place. I think doing one one adventure at a time makes a certain amount of sense. Sure. So I'm happy with Kaelin and Tristram are on a fawn related adventure. And I mean at least we get, you know, as a general rule, at least we get like some kind of sending saying, forget the thorns, yep. this is the real crisis. Yep. We we don't customarily call back in to see if something's happening bad's happening in the kingdom on day two of the adventure. That is kind of why only two of us at a time go out. Um then the second piece of housekeeping I have is um Tristan has some spells that are possibly of value, use and value to you in your specific circumstance here. Um, one of which is you've gathered the full council together to have a conversation about what you've discovered in the parable and what you can do about Titania and that sort of thing. Yeah. Correct? Yes. Cool. So everyone is there. Um, Tristan has false vision if you want him to put it up over that. Um, and it lasts long enough that it will then either follow the council or follow you, depending on what you want him to do. Cool. Um, uh, if you don't desire him to do that, then that's no problem. He has two fifth-level spell slots, which he is not deeply wedded to, and um, the other one he's got here that he'll talk to you about is seeming, which is a wide-scale disguise illusion that would cover you, the horses, anyone else under the sun. Um which he's basically just floating as an idea. How you'd use it depends on what's actually going on here, but you could see, you know, we might need to impersonate Faye or Farmers or anywhere in between. So, um, yes, I would absolutely like Tristram to have cast false version when I discuss the parable. Cool. Um, and the, um, the, the situation with Titania. At which point, um, 
presumably he, he will talk to you about this. Um, what he's projecting is a similar but different conversation. Yeah, so I think this is, um, we have a council meeting about the kind of thing that we have council meetings about that doesn't relate to the Fae. Yeah. Um, actually, one takeaway would be you are having an, a, a lengthy and bordering or monotonous argument about whether or not you should have taken Titania's deal. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty and, good... And getting getting really into the weeds of, you know, but we'll be cut off from this trade and this trade, and yeah. what are we going to do without our luxury furs, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. What does this mean for the economy? Let's have a lengthy presentation from, yeah. um, from Tristan. Yeah. There's always a lengthy presentation from Tristan. That's how you can tell it's a yeah, real council session. So, is that... So he can keep that vision going for uh, bloody hour, 15 hours at this point. Yeah. Uh, it goes static whenever he doesn't concentrate on it, but at that point what he'll have is people go shuffle, shuffle, mm-hmm. and stare at their papers. Yeah. Um, but he can have that follow you. Right, no, he puts it on an area rather than on a person, so uh, he could in theory do two. One on the council room uh, one of the area is kind of pointless in your case because mm. you're immediately going to leave this area and start wandering into the wall of the Yeah, room. so I think the council session continues for some time after we leave the room and then breaks up. Yep. Um, and, oh, he'll he'll just leave it yammering for as long as he wants to because as long as he's um, got the concentration for because there's no reason not to. It will annoy the hell out of anyone who is trying to scry on it. Yeah. And, um... Uh, It'll conceal any preparations that the council are making in that room. Yeah. Now, the reason I ask so many questions is that this is actually relevant. Uh, are Caelan and Tristan still there in the vision, or have they left? Uh, I think at this point they have left and the rest of the council are debating and considering, because it's entirely possible that, um whoever's doing this might scry yep. on one of us and scry on yep. the council yep. room. Nobody has arrived for the secret message about Walls of Thorns. Caelan and Tristan have merely sought off to do something else. Yeah. So that um, it's... Uh, so that there's not the outside evidence that um, we're in one place and yep. not another yep. and therefore you should doubt everything you've just been scrying on. So because Tristan is fairly guileless about this sort of thing... Um, he will just openly tell you what's happening in the fake council meeting, which is there are lengthy presentations on the economic impact of peace yeah. and what this will mean for your trade and taxation and whether or not you should take the deal. Uh, Tristan and Caelan get into an argument about who should have been king in the first place and what a dumb idea this was, and then decide that they're going to go off and argue about this personally instead of in front of the, front of the council. council. Yeah. And then exit the vision. Yeah. Okay, cool. That answers all those questions. Cool. And uh, the second one is magical horses. Yep. Um, this um, the dome of thorns that Bokken has described covers several miles worth of area. Do you want magical horses? And if so, um, then Tristan suggests that he casts them and then plane shifts with you on the basis, because he can get there instantly with the plane shift. Yeah. It takes him ten minutes a magic horse. 
Yeah. And on the off chance that you're immediately going to plane shift into the outside of the wall or upon the wall comes to life and starts murdering you. So the plan was that we were... Because Tristram already plane shifted us. Yeah. The plan was that he had plane shifted us to a neighbouring area. Ah, uh, right, right. And then you've cast the horses and then ridden to yeah. the wall. Because he, right. yep. he was using the Watcher's Stone because... Um, that's like one hex away from where the Wall of Thorns is. It's a nice distinctive area and, you know, it gets us there a lot faster. Here we go, please. You are quite right. So that being the case, he has cast a false vision into Phantom Steeds. Not that this will matter or anything. Sure, sure. Oh, he does not see invisibility. How lovely. And with Tristan, it takes longer to get this point across because... He starts getting invested. He says, we, we really should consider calling for the Natheropolis uh, Terravinian. Horses earlier so that we don't get Tarak. So, yeah, we, we agree and um, we teleport into the air. We teleport into the air. So basically, Windchase is still at home and thus potentially available to someone else. Yep. Although, um, you know, other people don't usually ride him. Yep. Because he's because he's Caitlin's special mount. But um, when it's with Tristram, I, t- I take out another Phantom Horse so the two of us can gallop really fast because um, otherwise, it's just Tristram riding his really fast horse next to my much slower horse. Yep. yep. That's fair. Although Windchase does have hooves. Um, or use of speed because I bought a bunch of magic items for him on account of him being so great and all. Okay. So then you ride towards this dome that you can see, and this thing is reasonably large. Um, it's got to go up for a couple of... It's it's definitely not touching the sky, but it's going up for a couple of hundred feet, so you're talking... Mm, I don't think that's a skyscraper, but it's a big, tall, a, very, a fairly tall building. Um... And as far as you can see on the horizon, it seems to just be a giant dome. It goes all the way around all the farmland. Uh, this you can find out fairly trivially, what with being the king and all. Uh, this farmland belongs to a family called the McCulkies. Um There are about two dozen people that were in here. Uh, heaven knows where they are now. So, can you stop dropping? Thank you. Um... Possibly they're inside the wall, possibly they've all been horribly eaten by monsters. Yeah, I'm hoping they're all inside the wall. Um, Caelan, I don't imagine, has met them. They're just just people. They're farmers, farmhands, farming families. The time where I knew everyone in the kingdom has long since passed. Yeah. Okay, and you and Tristan ride forward towards this wall, and nothing happens. Cool. So we're going to, first start, we're going to ride right up to it. Yep. You ride right up to it, and what you can see is this is a thick wall of massively heavily intertwined brambles. There's barely enough room to get a hand in there, let alone your body. Um, and around these thick, sort of gay-thick vines, there are thorns coming out, big ones, the size of your hand, hooked and vicious. And as you sort of move towards the wall and look at it and sort of put a hand towards it, the whole thing rustles with anticipation. And like move slightly, the plants bend towards you. 
Well, Kaelin is going to stare fixedly at it and activate detect magic. Shock! It's magic. Yeah, but it could it could have because it could have been a magical yeah. effect that has passed. No, it is in fact actively radiating magic. All right. So, what do you reckon? Should we these beasties fly now, right? Should we go over the top and see if it goes all the way across? Uh, to be honest, you probably don't have to bother spending a lot of time flying over it, or at least from the outside, it looks like it's a big dome. Yeah. Um, but I think at that, yeah, Tristan sort of says, it sounds like an idea, because they can fly now. Yeah, yeah. So, so you get on the two horses, you fly up, you fly over, and it becomes fairly clear when you get to the top, this is a sealed dome. Yeah. It shuts all the way over the top as well. Then we fly back down and land next to it. Alright, well, I think that if we try and cut these things, they'll attack. But I don't really have a better plan. Let's just take a moment and think about this. Sure. Let me roll some various knowledge checks. Uh, uh, <laughs> nice to have Tristram. You are welcome to participate in any of the knowledge, the planes, and spellcraft checks that you desire. Oh, I do, um... Of course, you have the ranks of them now as well. Yeah, I'm totally going to assist with this knowledge. I'm going to make my own knowledge of the planes check. Because if, if I pull anything off, it'll be funny. Alright, so, um... Alright, Kaelin gets a 14, and if he knows, if if you can give me the briefing on the very basic thing that I know, I'd like to RP that, because it's the first time I've used this. Okay, so, um, what you can feel is when you look at it, there is that sort of hum of magic about it. You can feel the planar energies that make this thing up, um... And they very conspicuously make up the dome, so it's as if there's the wall of thorns, and through that there's a line of magic, a bubble of it the size of the dome. Out here you are in Galerian, in the Noman Heights. Once you actually hit that wall and stick your hands into the brambles, you could feel the energies of the first world coming off it. What this tells you, among other things, is that uh, the first world changes, and the first world is most prominently full of life. So when you start cutting these things, they're almost certainly going to grow back. Kaelin would probably be pretty confident in his ability to out-damage their growth rate, but nonetheless. Uh, and Tristan looks at it. So, well, as as we're both looking at it, yeah. as, as Tristram's thinking, so it's of the first world. It'll grow back if it's cut. I don't know how I know that. Is this what it's like to be you? This is weird. You can see it, can't you? You can feel it, like that hum in the back of your teeth. Yeah, it's that stuff that you helped me to hear. It's like some of it was about the first world because I wanted to know that stuff. I mean, in this particular case, you've you've a loose connection to the first world. You've been to the outer edges of it, uh, the part where things are more normal. Well, that's reassuring. <laughs> this is not in, the, not, in the same, not in the heart of it. It's not all the energies, but the first world is bleeding through into here. It's like a, a, a bubble of first world energy in there. So what happened to the McCulkies, would you say? Well, the first world isn't here... 
if it was, if it had merged fully, Titania may well have taken this area away entirely and then it would be glass, not horns. But the energy is being fed from here. If, if we leave this unchecked, it will spread and continue. So, how do we check it? Well, I imagine we'll need to find the source of it. It, this particular, these particular brambles are like, they're a little like a wall of thorns spell. It's, it's druidic magic. You can summon thorns in, you can summon a wall of solid thorns that cut people as they go through. As heavily armored as you are, you probably wouldn't notice a normal one, but this is, uh, massive on an, on an epic scale. Okay. I'm familiar with magical summon thorns, and Kaelin taps his armor, which is in fact spiky. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is a little bit bigger than anything I'm used to. Whatever's generating it probably still needs to be inside. It won't be anywhere close to self-sustaining yet. When so, I say if we don't check it, I mean we'd need to leave it for weeks before anything were to change. So if we go in and deal to whatever's how you know? However, we can. I mean, if it's amenable to being told to bugger off, we can tell it to bugger off. There, there must be something in there. Imagine um, he stops and sort of thinks about this. Imagine trying to push against a solid wall of air, a massively hard wind. Now, if you're strong enough, you can do it, but the wind is always going to keep flowing against you. Now, imagine you've got someone on the other side with a rope around your hand, pulling you along as you try and get through that wind. That's that's going to help you a great deal. Titania is pushing her energies. You're the wind, your will is the wind that pushes back against her. But if she can move people through from the first will, entities that, that carry her power, her spells, however this has been done, then they can help pull. It'll all take time, but ultimately, if we leave this sort of thing to grow unchecked, then I imagine the glass will eventually grow with it. Alright. So, it sounds like we need to get in there. And indeed, at that, he drops down and begins searching. Scrabble, 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 and do it. There, you see? This yeah. wasn't one of the spots we had. This wasn't one of the spots we had. Tink, tink, tink. There is glass growing under the wall. It is not actually growing up in the shape of the dome. It's actually under the dirt growing outwards. Yeah. To expand into the area. I don't mean to suggest these dome, these glass bottles come out in a perfect hex, but yeah. they're basically that sort of area. Thanks. And as you watch it, there are slight groaning and creaking noises from it. It's actively moving. It's yeah. not at any vast rate. This is not a thing you need to worry about in the short term. All right. So, Kaelin um, draws his adamantine greatsword. Yes. I mean, and Tristan's sort of looking at him and musing to himself, as to how to get through it, I mean, if we had teleportation magic, we could theoretically pass through it. Being invisible wouldn't help us. I suppose... It's possible we could plane shift from one side to the other using the ambulance of planes. Oh, wait a minute. Teleportation magic, you say? Or for a date, you could just bliss it with your sword. Yes, but... Tristan's perfectly happy. My swords do more things than just cut. Uh, Kaelin will draw matchless sentinel and um, 
reforge it into the score of possibilities. Yep. Uh, which allows you to dimension door. Which allows me to dimension door. But it allows you to dimension door, doesn't it? Ah, uh, yes, it doesn't dimension door. I can't take. I can't take people with me. Uh, normally, with a, with a dimension door, normally you can. Right. Uh, but not with this one. Be- no. Okay, because it's just me. Yeah, most, but- of the, most of those effects are caster only. Caster only. Yep, that's fine. All right. So scratch that one. Un- then. Unless I've expressly said otherwise. No, you didn't. I just assumed because I know the spell lets you take that's, other people with you. That's fair. It's not technically door. casting dimension door. It's, it's casting gen- as gen- dimension door, door but, but caster only. Yeah, yeah. Cool, that's right. Then I don't do that because Caleb would know that. Yeah, yeah. I'll have a look at it. But, um... No, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're right, sweetie. Yeah, as a move action, the character may dimension door themselves yep. at a caster level of 15, maximum 40 foot per turn. Yeah. So it works like a dimension door, but it's much shorter range because yeah. you can only go 40 foot, and it only works for you. And Tristram doesn't have dimension door. He does not. Okay. He has no... Um, his magical method of getting from one side to the other would be the amulet of the planes. Yeah, which... Um... Isn't actually a particularly risky thing, but I'm not wild about using it this close to the big first world energy thing. No, I think I'm going to try. I'm, I think I'm going to try stabbing as an approach. Yeah, his, his functional thought is that's still the plane of Galarian on the other side, with infused with first world energy. He should be able to do it because it's not a yeah. different enough plane of existence to be a huge problem. So I want to try cutting cutting a hole. Okay, what are you cutting it with? Well, to begin with. I believe I will... Yeah, actually, I'm going to go straight to the big guns. Um, I will be cutting it with Relentless Hunter. Get the sword out. Cool. Okay. So, you slash into it with no difficulty. It's yeah. a giant immobile wall of thorns. Uh, Tristan would like to at least pretend he's helping, so he will pull out his Eldori dueling sword. I have no objection. And cut at it as well. Um, and I know you can deal reasonably massive amounts of damage with power attack and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so what happens is Tristan is like, we could cut, we could teleport through it if we had some methodology. I mean, there must be some way to get through a plant from one side to the other, and the side of the cable just kind of goes... Yeah. Well, that, uh, yeah, I suppose that works, too, if you want to go brute force about it. Play to my strengths is what I'm thinking. You slash into it. Um, the wall reacts to this. It begins writhing and making the rustling noises rather than hissing noises or anything that... Sh- of plants and leaves and vines growing and moving. Um, the thorns vaguely sort of hook somewhat out to you. They certainly don't smash out. The plants just yeah. kind of bend vaguely in the direction of your arms. But the wall does not really resist this. Nothing happens when you try this. Cool. Uh, what you will notice, however, is that it is growing at an incredible rate. Um, you slash through a huge hunk of it, slash down the other side... It cuts like you would expect it to. It's hard cutting because they're thick, thick, um, you know, neck side, neck thickness vines. But not for someone like Caitlin. You yeah. just smash through them. 
Um, and I'm cutting a good sized hole because the goal is to get the horses in. Correct. I know that when we come back, the hole will be gone and I'll have to cut a fresh hole, but given that I can apparently cut a hole, that's not a big deal. It's not so much, you're, yeah, you're quite certain the hole will be regrowing by the time you come back, but the hole is actively growing over as you cut it. So yeah. you're trying to cut, like, basically a giant doorway, so you go, right, you know, one and a half metre high slash this way, big cut across there, one and a half metre slash down... And you look back, and the vines have sort of collapsed, fallen to the ground, and more are growing as quickly as you can watch them. It's really much... Um, Kaylin can keep ahead of this, but only just. Yeah. Somebody who was significantly less strong than you. Uh, Tristan, notably, with you, is making headway. On his own, simply couldn't pass this. He, yeah. He literally can't output enough damage to overcome the regeneration of this thing. Yep. Um, while Kaelin is cutting, Kaelin is going to experiment with um, the sword's other ability mm-hmm. and try a blight on one of the areas. Absolutely works. Uh. Let me just look up blight. Alright, so at which point the wall effective, this chunk of wall effectively takes 15d6. Yeah. Um, oh, that's interesting. Uh, the plant is not, it is not, this tells you among other things that this is not actually a creature. Yeah. It is a magically animated plant, but it is not a, it's not a thinking sentient creature. Um, when you jam the sword in and will blight to activate, this dead patch spreads out everywhere. Um, notably, it doesn't kill the whole wall, which you are not really no, expecting because to do. Because you, not, haven't, you not, haven't tried blighting anything this big. You can yeah. blight a tree, but you can't blight a forest. Yeah, and if I was like, if I was attacking a bunch of trees, like I could blight an individual. Yeah. You know, if I was attacking a bunch of trees, I could blight an individual one. You know, even if I. Or if I was planting a very big egg creature, I wouldn't necessarily expect to get it all. That makes it much simpler because that, at, at that you are well um, out, you are well outputting more damage than. Um, yeah, so I think um, a cannon will basically what cannon will do was cut the way around, notice it to grow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you go to take it down, you're like, what? The? And then I hit each side once with blight, yeah. and just bleak, and just um, blight a big area. And blackened pieces, blackened huge chunks of this, the size of a giant double doorway, just kind of wither, collapse in on themselves. And even then, the edges are beginning to grow new little saplings, at this yeah. point vastly slower than you were going. Yeah. So you just kind of step over the mulch and walk in yeah. with Tristan and the two horses. And when you look back, the little saplings are still just growing. Yeah. You've got at least a couple of minutes, Grace, to get back out of this. But come back in 20 minutes and you'll have to make a survival check to even find the spot you came in. Yeah. But that's okay. The um, that tells me that relentless hunter is absolutely the tool I need for this job, for that part of this job. So for the moment, I'm going to sheath um, sheath the weapon as relentless hunter. Yep. Because I'm trying to keep track of these things. Because you know, if something invisible tries sneaking up on me, it's important to know whether I've got um, blind sight. Makes good sense. But right now, I do not. Huh? Okay. So 
Uh, and at that point, I'm probably not going to sheath weapon. I'm probably just going to have it in hand because we're. You step through the wall, and as far as Caitlin can see, you walk into what is otherwise a reasonably normal um, piece of Galarian farmland. You you have probably not been out on the McCulky farms personally before, but they look like what you are expecting to see. There are fields, there are animals just kind of wandering around out here. Um, it's a little more shaded than you would expect because the dome of thorns is over the top and it's just beams of light coming through, but it's still quite, you can still see reasonably clearly what's happening in here, particularly if you have amazing dark vision and things. And yeah, there are miles of farmland in front of you and apparently nothing wrong. Alright, this looks like it's going to take some riding around. If only what someone had can't contra- magically conjured his very fast horses. Caleb will get aboard his very fast horse. Let's um have a look round for either the McCulkies or um the uh Any signs of something wrong? Or um yeah, or um somebody who's up to no good as it were. Okay. And at this point, um, Tristan will basically ask about the seeming. Are you happy wandering around as Caelan and um, Tristan and magic horses? Do you uh, want to be anyone else? Uh, it might um, help us trick whatever fade creatures are in here, if, but on the other hand, it's if the Makokis are here, they're presumably going to be a bit lost and worried, and being who we are might be helpful to them. Uh, I can... Adjust the seam. I can adjust the seaming very rapidly. We can be ourselves again at any given point, and indeed uh, change as much as you see fit. If you want to be a McCulkey, if you want to be a Fay. All right. Well, what about then? We be. Uh, what about then? We be farmers. You know, no, nothing. Um, nothing alarming or um, particularly defensive, and we'll see what intentions any, any troublesome thing may have, and uh, anyone who, um... And it certainly won't be alarming to the farmers that we're other farmers. No harm no in being underestimated. Fat or thin, tall or lean... Be more than what it is we seem. Awesome. <laughs> and you change, and when you look down at yourself, you basically have sort of bronzed human skin, like you spend a lot of time in the sun. You you apparently have long hair that is hanging down partially past your eyebrows. Yeah. And you are lugging along two big, uh, reasonably strong-looking draft horses, but not championship race horses. Yeah. Or rather, you're probably riding on them. Yeah. Um. And Tristan will suggest slowing a bit, but to be honest, given you're searching the place, you have to slow to a certain speed anyway, yeah. instead of just going 240 foot that way. Yeah. All right. And at that point, uh, I will take a search check. Cool. Unless you have a better method of... Um... I do not have a better method. I'm going to assist Tristan. Cool. He finds things. Yeah, I know he does. Uh... I help. Yep. Hmm? I mean, I'm no farmer. Nothing seems to be terribly wrong here. 
He says, you sort of ride through some of the farmland, you look at some of the things, except that there's no one here. Uh, there's something glinting over there. You head over, take a look, and what you see there is a field that has been about six or seven metres worth of the of the crop has been harvested, and it's just stopped at about this point, and it looks like it's been harvested, partially bundled, just kind of put down. Well, somebody was working here and then stopped. I mean, nothing terribly alarming about that. There's no scythe or implements, though. Uh, maybe we check the barn? Goes over, checks the barn, finds farmer's tools hanging up where you would think. And, all right, um, I mean, I'm no tracker, but there's no sign of the people here. You sort of look in three or four other places yeah. like this, and what you find is every piece of evidence suggests that people just downed tools and... Um, it's not like um, not like the Van. It's not thing. like Van Holt. People didn't, didn't just drop. disappear in the middle of what they were doing. They yeah. didn't drop everything, leave it burning. You'd find if that was the case, you'd find scythes stuck in the ground, and um, the old building burned down and yeah. things like that. But it certainly reminds you of that. But it's it, like it, it, it's like they carefully put away what they were in the middle of doing and then left. Yeah, it's it's as if everyone got an hour's notice. Yeah. And packed up their day and went about their business. Yeah. Except that they have clearly stopped in the middle of the day. Yeah. It's very much, you know, this guy is picking apples from the tree. He's picked two-thirds of the tree, then just stopped, then put the basket of apples away in the shed, you know, then put his tools and gloves down next to them. But he hasn't picked the last third of the tree, even though it would only take him a minute. Mm-hmm. And there was clearly no great sense of urgency because he had enough time to put all his tools away. Yeah. It's giving me the shivers. Me as well. Um, I mean, the positive here is nothing here suggests violence, but... But you remember what happened at Varnhold. I mean, it's not quite the same, but it's given me the reminders nonetheless. Yes. I I mean, there must be somewhere. Well, I'm thinking whatever did this made them pack up and then walk off. So they must have gone somewhere, and given this wall of floors around the outside, I would imagine they're all somewhere in here. So let's keep keep checking places out. Okay, and as you go along, um, can you make me a will save? <laughs> Joe. Sure. 24. Farmer Joe rides where he wants to. So, you hear something in your head that sounds to Caelan a bit like his own mind talking. Good work. Long day. Time to head for the party. Sit down. Eat, drink, rest, be merry. And you have this sensation that it would be a really good idea to go that way to what comes to your head is the farmhouse and nothing more specific than that, but it's that far, it's the farmhouse somewhere over there-ish. To go and eat, drink, and be merry. Uh, you feel no compulsion to follow this, however. A moment after the thought enters Kalen's head, Kalen goes... Mm, that's 
that's not my fault. And Tristan looks slightly sideways at you and shifts his eyes around. Well, uh, do you think we've done enough for the day, then? Yeah, I'm thinking it's time for a rest. I've worked hard. And Galen's eyes will... Our uh, eye will drop slightly in a wink. Tristan will make a knowledge nature check, which he will ace with 43. Because what Galen's aiming for is, yes I, yes, I think we should go investigate that, but I totally haven't found my will say. I'm not sure how much credit Tristan gives me at this point. Uh, and Tristan will mutter something under his breath, flick at his hands, and then sort of as he goes, sort of look around and ambles off like he hasn't really a care in the world. There's no great sense of hurry in this suggestion. It's very much the day's work is done. Yeah. Go relax. The relaxing place is over here. Yeah. So possibly that's why people finished the job that they were in the middle of. It was kind of, you know, they sort of went, well, my day's work isn't done. I'm going to put the basket away. Now I've put the basket of apples away. My day's work is done. I'm going to, now I can head for the party. Yeah, it's it's the very much, it's five o'clock. It's yeah. knock-off time, even yeah. though real people don't work like that. And most of the time you'd go, well, I might as well spend one extra minute and finish this apple tree yeah. instead of coming back to it tomorrow. But that's presumably... And also farmers in particular don't knock off a farm. No, but, that, but that's presumably why they put their tools away, Correct. is the compulsion wasn't um, making them do things. It was just suggesting that they do things. Yeah. Uh, you also technically um, are penalised on this will save, but you still smash it anyway, because this sounds like a fairly reasonable suggestion. Yeah, yeah. Like, why not? If it was the end of a day's work for Kaylin, you might yeah, well go yeah, and have yeah, some yeah. mead and some, yeah, you and know, some um, food. You know, go, going, going and relaxing with some people in my kingdom and having food and drink is in fact the kind of thing Kaylin does all the time. And Tristan will cast something, and then he will start yakking away to you in Orcish, seems the most logical, because it ain't going to be Sylvan. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he says, don't look around, because you won't see it, but I've cast spells to see invisible creatures, and there's a couple of, there's, there's one of them sitting around in that field, and he describes what he can see, which is, he says, I can see a tiny little woman, about yay big, sitting on top of the corn, uh, yellow skin, she's wearing a skirt made out of corn husks and a vest made out of peeled potato skins. It, it's a harvest haunt. They're a little, they're a little type of fey creature. They, um, live in, they live in farms and they often encourage frivolity to encourage people to stop their day's work to relax. Uh, harvest haunts who are working with the harvest haunts who are working with the farm often help people wind down. Farmers never know they're there, of course, you can't see them. Um, harvest haunts that are offended or malevolent will often uh, cause the farmer's crops to fail simply through anyway and lack of work. They're not they're not evil creatures and they're not deadly, although they can hurt with a touch. For a farmer that's not trained to resist such things, they'd very likely be able to kill with a touch. But they would have found bodies. Yeah, I don't think... Uh, and um, Caleb will say quite quietly in Orkish, because 
he doesn't want people to hear something that's a bit particularly out of character for the farmers. Yeah, this doesn't feel like this doesn't feel like something that's aimed to kill. I suspect we'll find the farmers out there. I don't want to fight little fey creatures. It's it's following it's following along with us. I hope we find something that we can fight. I don't want to even if this is thing, little thing is part of the problem, I don't want to fight it. So he tells you about something called a harvest haunt, which alas I don't have a picture of, but it projects an aura of complacency. Yeah. Um, which suggests that your work is done and you should just go cruise and be merry. This one is a little more specific than generic. Most yeah. of the time it's just relax. Here it's that's the relaxing house over there. Yeah. And this thing follows you. Yeah, as we head for the relaxing yeah, house. As you go, Tristan will actively see a couple more of them. They're in the fields, and they've picked you up because you look like farmers. Yep. And you very much ride the horses at a vaguely human pace. Yeah. Um, and arrive at what looks like, uh, I hesitate to say, the main farmhouse of the farmland. A main farmhouse, because mm. there's probably two or three of them scattered yeah. around with the, the different groups here, you know, the McCulkey family being one of those farming families where there's 20 people in it and multiple people married in and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I figure it's them and their farm hands and their farm hands' wives Very and much so. the other people on the property and stuff like that. Um, but if not the main house, this is a main house in the farmland. It's big, it's solidly built, um, it is nice and brightly coloured, and there are just a few things horribly wrong with it. <laughs> okay. Um, and as you see these, um, you hear that suggestion in your head again, but you've already made the will save. Um, that's it. You don't need to worry. You don't need to worry about those. Just head in. Just head in. It's time to eat and drink and be merry. Nothing. Everything here is tomorrow's problem. And the things you see that'll argue. <laughs> Uh, there are a bunch of things parked around the house. Um, one of which is there are a couple of things that look like gigantic moths with te- little blue jellyfish-like tentacles coming out of them and deer skulls where their heads should be. Yeah. They are sort of just sitting on the roof of the barn over there. And just watching what's happening here. Um, you could, in theory, like break off and try and sneak away here, but given your sneaking capacity. Yeah, you know. Uh, technically, Tristan's got a visibility, so that is an option available. To you. No, no, that's okay. Um, I see the. I'm trying to find out what's going on here. I don't think the creepy moths are the answer. What else alarms me about the farmhouse? Well, that would be the bird. Ah. Um, except. Like, the farmhouse looks undisturbed. Um, There are actively noises coming from it. There's clearly life in there and people making no real effort to hide their presence. People, if if anything, it sounds like, of course, there's a small party happening in there. Um, And then, incongruously, there's these three or four giant moths with skulls for heads sitting out there. And... I don't... Um... And then there is this, what looks like, 
an enormous crow that is sitting out in one of the fields, its wings spread asunder, looking restless. Uh, this is a colossal-sized creature, so it's big. Yeah. It's as big as a barn. Yeah. Um, it's too big to actually sit on the roof of one of these things. And it is looking around with a vaguely grumpy expression. So, to itself. Uh, it has a saddle on its back. Okay. Well, in fact, given the size that it is, it's got a bunch, a line of saddles on its back. And it's just sitting there, and uh, at that point, no, it, it is sitting off the beaten track, so you, your course that is in your head is not taking you too near to it, but it's, it's wiggy. It reminds you vaguely of Vordecai's raven. And it is sort of looking around, watching you, and glaring around at the world. Just generally looks quite pissed off and highly intelligent. Yeah. And it's it's, it's a colossal, yeah, a colossal crow. All right. So um, what we're going to do at this point is take care of our horses. You know, the way Caleb would if he was going to leave animals and go attend a party. Makes perfect sense. I mean, technically these are magical constructs that don't need that kind of care, but of course the illusion is of real horses. So, uh, Caitlin is going to do what he'd do if he was leaving a, a regular horse, you know, tie it up and possibly take its saddle off, make certain it's got some water style of thing. You know, very much a way of a man who's planning to attend a party as soon as he's done taking care of his mount. Um, and Tristan makes another couple of knowledge nature checks and can tell you more things. Yeah, and, yeah, and while we're taking care of our illusory horses, Tristram can whisper stuff to me in orcish about what it is that we're looking at out here. He looks over at the gigantic crow. He says, well, that's, uh, that's terrifying, isn't it? Certainly big enough. It's... I remember there were crows in the story, yeah? So yeah. I guess picnic. That's very much what it reminds me of. Well... Specifically, there was a crow in the story, the one that stole his spoon. That looks to have um, not been um, burnt or eaten or anything. No. Thinking it would be a good trick to... It looks like it's very much alive and uh, fiercely intelligent. How smart is this fucking thing? Yeah, fiercely intelligent. I... I really don't think that's just any sort of crow. I think that's something very special and something mythical. I think we should be very, very wary of it. Um, I he makes his check and discovers that uh, it is closer to a rock in terms of its capacities at ROC yeah, yeah. than an actual crow. Yeah, yeah. I, I gathered from the fact that it was colossal. Um, but uh, Tristan effectively thinks it's a specific named entity, at which point his knowledge of nature runs flat into yeah, you can yeah. tell generally what he can, uh, what he can assess is generally about what you would think this thing can do. It's enormous. It can fly. Yeah. Um, it's scary. 
he thinks it will actually actively have an aura of fear or something around it. Yeah. And he looks up at the other moth creatures and he says, those are a lot more commonplace. Uh, shouldn't be too much of an obstacle to the likes of you and I. Uh, they're Iscarites. Now, where harvest haunts are neutral fate, they can bring good or ill, depending on how you treat them. Uh, those are agents of decay and death. All the people in that farmhouse should be dead if there are Iscarites here. Perhaps something else is protecting them. That, if if left to their own devices, that that kill them. If you go too near to one, they say it feels like you know your death is coming, the inevitability. Uh, they can move. Ra- they can move through space without being seen, the same way Bryn does. They can stare at you with those cold, dead eyes. Try not to look at them. Try not to look in the eyes if you can. Uh, generally speaking, your body will try and come to its end. Sounds lovely. So they are agents of entropy. Um, they have an aura of inevitability. Great name. Uh, and if you stare into their dead, hollow eyes, they have gaze attacks that deal you damage. Yeah. Uh, and if they kill you, they disintegrate you. Lovely. But as Tristan says, like, you know, four of them is a, a a middling challenge to you. You two shouldn't have any major problems. But Whereas he thinks we might not be able to take the crow. He thinks the crow would be a shit of a fight. Yeah. Do you think, you said we were here to take out something that, we needed to take out something that was bringing, that was pulling this into being. Do you think it's the crow? Or do you think it's something inside the house? He closes his eyes and he thinks about this. I don't think it's the crow. It's it's not doing anything. It, uh, there's a rook, which is a kind of crow. Yeah. So, but I think it's a cool word. Yeah. So, big-ass motherfucker on that. Yeah. In fact, I wonder if someone yet has done a picture of this. There isn't one in the book, which is unfortunate, because it's an awesome creature. I'll just see if I can find one. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> it's like a nightmaric version of a rook. We may need to take it, but I don't get the impression that's what's creating this. If it's a creature of darkness and fear, then why is everything walled off but calm and happy here? All right, well, that's good enough. So um, we can kill the esky things if we need to. Um, but they're not the problem. The little harvest ones aren't the problem. And you're basically, as you have this conversation, pottering yeah. around, watering your yeah. horses, who show a surprising lack of interest, like yeah. they're not real. Um, but the illusory horses are having a drink. It's true. Um, and um, the uh, and so whatever. And the harvest ones ain't the problem. And the rook is a problem, but it may not be our problem. So. Let's go inside. Yeah, the harvest haunts are not super bright. Tristan can see this thing following you. It just kind of follows you and then just kind of hangs around, waiting for you to go in, lets you do the things. Doesn't seem upset by the fact that you're having a conversation. Doesn't even really seem all that interested. Cool. So we can go inside the house. We're coming to a party. Okay. And 
immediately, uh, Tristan is obliged to make a disguise check. Because there are people in here that might recognize Cool. So he's pretty much covering you with this because it's his spell. Uh, Adds 10, adds ranks in disguise. Okay, so you head into the house and you can see a couple of things here. Uh, Are you still on Relentless Hunter, given that Tristan has told you there's an invisible thing behind you, or do you want the blind side up? It will make a slight difference. Mm. Yeah, I think we haven't seen any plant creatures since we got here. While we're messing around with the horses, I'm going to shift it to Matchless Sentinel. Cool. Uh, You can detect a harvest haunt behind you. Yeah. Um, Or rather, you can detect a small creature that is barely quivering on the ground behind you. Um, when you go in, you can pick up another one in the center of the table, just kind of sitting there amongst the potatoes. Um, and then there is something else in here the size of a human that is also invisible that you can't see that is hanging around um, by the back of by sort of the back of the room. Then there are the things that you can see because blindsight doesn't tells you it's yeah. there. It doesn't so creepy. Okay, so I'm trying to think of the best way to give you this descriptor. Okay. The things you can see in this room, there are two dozen farmers sitting around a big table that yep. is groaning with food. They all look pretty happy. Hard to argue with. They are relaxed, they are just talking and yep. joking with each other, they are laughing. Um, as you come in, a couple of them look up realize that they don't recognize you and yep. they're total strangers in their home, which might not be a big deal anyway, yeah. given the culture and community, but just completely shrug this off and sort yeah. of go, hello, friend, you know, come in, join us. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, you know, they would probably at least be curious, but if they're being um, convinced that they don't need to worry about the creepy moths and the giant bird outside, yeah. other farmers that aren't, they don't know are probably not high on their priority list. One of the two dozen people in here is a centaur, who cool. is just standing at the table, apparently yeah. eating and drinking and laughing. With everyone. And people just seem to be having a real good time. So, Like, there's noises from the kitchen, like someone's cooking, a woman comes bustling out with a big pot of, ha- with a big pot of ham, yeah. puts it on the table, smiles. I've got to say, this does look pretty good. <laughs> Says, oh, you know, excuse us, we're mostly out of chairs. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of bustles back off to the kitchen. Um, the other person you can see in here is dressed in full dark wood armour, with his helm shut, and his bow and arrow firmly across his back. Triss, the true knight of thorns. Ah, uh, yep. He is sort of pacing slowly around the back of the room, obviously not taken in by the party that's happening here, largely ignoring the farmers. They largely ignore him. Like, they're, they're clearly aware he's there, but they just don't seem to care. Like, it's not important to them. And he is pacing and periodically going to the windows and looking out. And he... There is something else standing by the window that Tristan sees, winces slightly at, and Caelan feels, and it feels awful, like there are thousands of creatures standing near that window, crawling and slithering all over each other. 
in vague foot-shaped lumps. Uh, that would be your friend the, the wriggling man. man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is standing at the window invisible. Yeah. Uh, whereas Triss has made no real effort to hide his presence. And indeed, um, he glances over at you as you come in. His eyes track you, sort of dismisses you as two more farmers, shrugs, and goes back to looking out the window. Again, he's clearly seen you coming and doesn't care. Uh, at which point, depending on what Caitlin's going to do, you can immediately act on this or you can wait and see a bit what happens. I think I'm waiting and seeing seems appropriate. Yeah, so you're kind of going to sit down. And yeah, I think I'm going to sit down and have... I, I'm going to um, have a quick glance at the food with um, Detect Magic Hub, yep. if I can. Yep. Um, and just yep. check the food appears to be, you know, the... Because, re- you know, you're not necessarily supposed to eat around the fae. Yeah. Yeah, no, there is an aura hanging around this whole place of that aura of um, complacency that's been projected from the harvest horn yeah. sitting in the middle of the table. But the food itself appears to be good, honest farming food. Yeah. Um, like, people like this always have stores of food, and they could probably yeah. feast like this for several, several days in a row without um, running out. Yeah. However, of course, eventually winter comes and they have no food. Yeah. But it's uh, what the harvest wants to do is kind of do the ant and the grasshopper thing. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I can see if the um, if they're relatively benign, it might give people some rest when they otherwise might not take some. And putting up, putting on a feast like this for all the farming community in this area on um, uh, Founder's Day or um, Aristotle's feast feasting days and that sort of thing just isn't that big a deal. Yeah. On the other hand, if they've been doing this for several days now, eventually they're going to run out of food. Yeah. And so you sit down and people just sort of chat pleasantly with you about yeah. nothing in particular. And uh, in the course of casual conversation, Carolyn's going to endeavour to check that this is a head count and this is all their people. Everyone's here. Uh, yes, it does indeed appear to be that everyone has everyone in this area, everyone who is behind the wall has come here. Yeah. Um, uh, so you hear that hissing voice of the wiggling man, the wriggling man coming from nowhere. And again, the farmers find yeah. this totally. I'm like, sure, there's an invisible worm man in yeah. the kitchen, but this food is great. Yeah. Um, and you and Tristan kind of conveniently sit yourself here, yeah. near to the windows where you can basically hear them having a conversation. And given that your disguises have fooled them, they just yak away. Yeah. Um, wriggling man says... How much longer must we endure this? This is pointless and foolish sentimentality. Slaughter these ants. They have no bearing on the greater whole. And the Darkwood Helm of Triss turns and glares, and that is not what we're here for. Titania would not approve, and neither do I. You will stay your hand. As you wish, says the wriggling man. 
the nightmare rook grows restless. As soon as they come, feel free to take it and get out. Kaelin Thorn has beaten you before. King Triss. He may beat you again. Triss glares at the invisible spot. I don't need your help. He's my brother. I'll handle this without you. Don't you have some glass to be growing? Something else to be doing? I have a great many demands upon my time. Maintaining this... Maintaining... Are they going to talk about this aspect of it? Give me a luck check. Sure. Because, like, they've been yakking away yeah, yeah, for yeah. days. Twenty. Maintaining the aura of slowed time in this place is difficult. And I am... Uh, sorry. Maintaining the aura of increased time in this place is difficult. And I am wasting valuable real-world time here. I am eager to go, not until you've done your part. We wait here. Kaelin will show up, sooner or later. And the wriggling man just sighs slightly at this. Uh, and they continue to yak slightly along this vein. Yep. For... Um, a while, and but it, it's clearly a long-running argument here. Yeah. The wriggling man is kind of uh, hates the party in general. Yeah. Triss is pretty ambivalent on it. Yeah. Um, Triss is a po- wriggling man would just kill all these people and be yeah. done with it. Triss is strongly opposed to doing that. Yeah. Um, both for himself and the fact that Titania would um, disapprove. Yeah. Um, they are waiting for you. Yeah. Trist is hoping for Tristan, Vaughn, or both to show up. Yeah. Um, they're not expecting you to be here, obviously. Yeah. Um, and apparently when that happens, the wriggling man is going to leave. Cool. Works for me. Um, because he has, uh, since motive at that point. Twenty-three. So partly because he genuinely has better things to be doing yeah. than poducking around here, but mostly because Triss is actively telling him to piss off. Yeah. Triss says, I don't need your help. If I'm your king, you do what I tell you and go when I tell you to. Of course, sire. The two of them really don't like each other. They are compelled to... Um, and they are compelled get to get along by a greater power. Yeah. Um, and very much they've been kind of trapped in here for several days just with each other for company because yeah. the farmers aren't interacting with them. Um, waiting for you, you and or Tristan and or Van to show yourself in this trap. Yeah. Alright. Um, so Kaelin, um, having listened to this for a while, Kaelin, you know, Passes, um, trust remember and roll, leans over and says quietly, all, alright, well, yeah, you, you think that the track, I know what's going on. 
I just want to go talk to the kid. I'm happy for you to come with me. He's my... I suppose he's not my brother. But he's me. <laughs> the two of you certainly have some, a few things in common. Yes, we... We can't let him go again. We have don't, to talk to him. Don't get your hopes too high. He doesn't like either of us very much. We'll do what we can, but if this comes down to a fight, as long as we don't kill him, there's always another chance. If we can't convince him to work with us now, we can just keep trying. So would you like a reminder of what, when you, what happened the last time you encountered Triss? Because I've... Um... Look this up recently to get the voices again. Um, I think I've got a relatively good handle on it. Yeah, I talk. I um, beat him in the. I beat him in the drunken joust. Yes, and um, I told him to take it like a man, effectively, and he got really upset and stormed off. It's my recollection. Um, so the couple of important parts there is he. The last time you saw him, he was. Absolutely trolled. Yeah. Here he is, stone cold, almost coldly sober. Yeah. Uh, he is notably not um, drinking the drinking the mead and that sort of thing. If you wait long enough, he will sort of eat casually and yeah. drink some water. But he's definitely focused on what he's doing. The last time he was absolutely shit faced drunk. You yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah. Because um, he's a lot lighter weight than I am, and he yeah. couldn't hold his liquor. Um. So Kalen was actually um. Reasonably polite to him, all things considered. Kalen retroactively feels like he should have handled that better because Tristram stormed off and then we didn't see him again. For, and Kalen didn't at the time know just how bad his life had been. That's fair. Kalen feels like he should have handled that better. That's fair. On the other hand, he's not super convinced now that he's just going to be able to talk. You know, his track record of convincing people they don't want to be king instead of him is um, kind of a zero for five. But, you know, he certainly wants to use diplomacy as his first recourse. So basically, like, we've, the illusion has probably served its purpose at this point. Yep. So, um, but, you know, because you never drop these things in an anticlimactic manner. Yeah, you're just waiting for the line of where the hell is Caitlin or something in that name. I think I'm looking for, um, no, I've kind of got the, I'm just, I was just checking with Tristram. So, um, you know, we'll sort of finish whatever it is that I'm currently eating, stand yep. up sort of move towards Triss, but not all the way. And um, Tristram kind of com- Tristram kind of comes with me, and then I sort of nod to him, one, two, three, and say, um, well, it's a nice enough party, but I think it served its purpose. And Tristram drops the seeming. Yeah, at which point you are standing there in your full plate with yeah. your <laughs> weapons up and that sort of thing, and Triss whirls lightly on his feet, comes to alert, um... Kaelin will not have any of his weapons out at this time. Yeah. And almost immediately and reactively brings sort of one hand up in a vaguely warding and fighting position towards you, uh, lest it go stop and more, you know, like a fighting yeah. fist to, to smack you. And the other one immediately comes up, stop behind him for the wriggling man. No, now is not the time for burning angels and fireballs and yeah. all this kind of thing. Right under my nose. Yeah, you hear the slight sort of <laughs> wince from under the helm. 
There are innocent people here. Let's take this outside. Sounds like a plan. And um, Kaelin will basically gesture to the door. Basically, if he wants to go out first, then we'll follow him. Yeah. If he wants us to go out first, then we'll go out first. Basically, whichever way he wants that to, to go. Yep. And Kaelin's deliberately not going to glance at the wriggling man because he doesn't want him to know that we can see through the invisibility. Yep, that's fair. And you step outside, and as Trist comes out, one of the Eskarites flies down off the roof and doesn't like start engaging you but yeah. lands behind uh, and Kaylin is absolutely a good enough rider to recognize this it is waiting to be mounted yeah he is he is flying around on one of these things you yep uh, over uh, you get a listen check at this point. Wow, Kellen's rolling well today. Uh, 23. Yes, that, that, that is me rolling well. Do you speak giant, perchance? I do not speak giant. Okay. You hear lots of thumping coming from the barn and dumb sort of <laughs> noises. Yeah. There's a bunch of things in there, um, giggling to each other and giant. Yeah. That are clearly just kind of waiting for the go signal for this yeah. trap. Um, and Triss steps out and Conk pulls his helm back at this point and what you can see in here is again he looks just like Tristan or he did Yeah. now he looks much more like Tristan than Tristan does yeah um, because Tristan's embraced the I'm not hanging yeah, with Tristan. He's thing. still deliberately got the blonde beard and the short blonde cropped yeah. hair instead of the long hair and fair and um, clean shaven face. But Tristan's skin is now actively fey green. Yeah. Whereas Trist looks uh, a lot more like your actual brother. If anything, he looks like he has been training. He's gotten a bit beefier, a yeah. bit broader. How much older does he look than the last time I saw him? About exactly what you would expect him cool, to be. Well, that's good to know. Um, so, so it's, is, it's been a couple of years, I think. At the point that Tristram's dropped the seeming, yeah. what does Tristram look like? Does he look like what he, I know he actually looks like, or does he look like the more human version he puts on for other people? No, he looks like a fae. Cool. Green skin. Yeah. Pale hair that is going towards more green than blonde at this yeah. point. And... Tris stares at him. There is a slight hiss from the wriggling man of now. Tris keeps his hand held up. Kaelin. Tristan, or whatever you style yourself now, yes, it's been some time. Ah, it has. I've thought a lot about what you said to me 
at the rushlight tournament. I'm sorry for it. I didn't know enough about what was going on for you. I shouldn't have said what I did. I... I wish I'd done things different, like... Van and Elders want to see you very much. I'd like that, I think. He says, and that facade of my own determination cracks slightly as he looks a little confused. It's clear now, isn't it? I mean, maybe you couldn't tell before. I can't blame you entirely, but which of us is the changeling and which isn't? <laughs> Nay, lad, I, um... Uh, once I found out what was going on, I didn't have any confusion on that. Tristram isn't my brother by blood. He's what... He's, um... He's what he was... made to be. Someone who could look a bit like you, but someone who's his own kind of person. I'm I'm your substitute. But I'm far more fae than human now. I am far more human than fae. He steers a hole through him and then sort of puts a hand up. Just stop. I don't have anything to say to you. You stole my life. Let's not pursue that now then. What do you want to say to me? You understand what happened to me, that I was taken as nothing but a baby, taken to the first world, taken by Garona's servants. Actually, we now suspect it was shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And I will put a hand on Tristan's shoulders. Let him talk. His time. But it was supposed to be me. In his shoes. It was supposed to be me taking the kingship sent down to the stolen lands. You haven't done the worst job with it by any means, but it wasn't meant to be yours. That's my destiny you've taken, whether you meant to or not. I wouldn't have abdicated it to you. I can see that. You wanted to. Then we if, you, if you had had the chance... You wouldn't have let it go. Then we wouldn't be in this mess now. Ugh. The people in the farmhouse? McCulkies. I, I see you've um, done your best to watch out for them, and I thank you for it. They're my citizens. I don't want them hurt, but if you try and run, then I'll have to have them killed. There are a fae in there that you can't even see. And Kaelin's eyes will flick slightly. Yeah. But, um, I don't want to run. I want my life. I want... I want my life back. I want what I was supposed to have. I want what I was promised. I want my kingdom... 
You're in between me and that. And you have something I need, he says, and his eyes trail down to where the swords are. So, you know what you want. Do you know whose order it was to take you from that crib and your rightful home? Garona's. Nay. Titania's. You lie. Nay, lad. Look at me. It's a thing I've no talent for. She saved me. Yeah. She raised me. She stole you. Those fake? I didn't know it until I didn't know it till she told me a month ago. Those Gairon and Faye? They worked for her. He blinks at that. She took his destiny and yours. Because he would if he'd taken the kingship, he'd have let her do what she wanted. And you wouldn't? I would. If, you, if you'd been raised the way you were supposed to, as a thorn, as a good boy and noble, would you have been as loyal to Titania then as you are now? I'd have been smart. I'd have chosen peace. That's, that's what this is about. She chose for you. Give me my swords. They're she- meant... For me, mortal heart. Remember, they're not meant for him. No, I know. But I'm just as much mortal as you are. The others, they can't think about the swords. They don't hear about them. But as we get closer together, as our worlds get close together, I see parts of what he does now. I understand what they're for. I know some of what he knows. She doesn't think about them. She doesn't see them. She doesn't know what they're for. I do. I'll keep her safe from them. Give me my sword, Skaven. You're right enough that you're mortal. You're human. This isn't your fight. She had no right to take you from... She had no right to take you from your home. She had no right to take you from Baron Malthus. She doesn't deserve your defending. She's wronged you. This is what my whole life has been building towards... I have to know what comes next. Give me my swords. They're not to be had for the asking. Do it. Now, he says, and he drops his hand, <laughs> and things begin to happen. Yeah. Um, starters. Uh, that because he's a big, fat cheater. Um... So, 
kind of what's actually visible here. Um, the moment he drops his fist, and you have seen this before with the wriggling man, stuff just seems to happen in the blink yep. of an eye. Um, the a powerful magic shimmers through the air. In the same moment, something seems to hit Tristan, who staggers slightly. And then the nightmare rook rises into the air, and you hear from on its back. And indeed, from Caelan's point of view, with the blind side up, the wriggling man is standing right here. Then in the blink of an eyelid, he suddenly isn't. There's no intervening space. He's just on the back of the nightmare rook, and two or three spells go off, as if time itself has stopped in the process. Um, And the nightmare rook flies up. Yeah, the rest is yours, my king. <laughs> a slightly mocking voice. And the nightmare rook turns and just shimmers and flies into the ether and then vanishes altogether. Um, Trist begins to draw his bow and starts moving towards the Escherites to mount up on it. The Escherites begin flying off the roof and the doors of the barn go crash and out stagger a bunch of ends. Dead. Two-headed giants. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I think we're going to initiative. It does sound like an initiative sort of situation, yeah. Okay, so what you can see here is there are the three other Escherites up on the farmhouse roof over there. Yep. Um, there are a group of ends staggering out of the barn. Two-headed, dumb-looking giant things. Um, your two horses are basically over there, not um, particularly tied to anything. Yeah. Um, there's the farmhouse, there's the barn, and the rest of this is more or less just space. You know, there's a building over here, a building over here, but I don't know how um, approximate the map will be keeping. Yeah. The flying things and Tristan's horses and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, Regardless, this seems to happen in the blink of an eye. Uh, technically, the wriggling man enters initiative again as the nightmare rook starts taking off and departing. But I imagine you have better things to do than oh, chasing yeah. him. So he technically enters initiative and spends the first round leaving. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, because because we already heard that his battle tactics are to leave. And because he's already told, you know, he's going to cast some attack spells on us and leave, and that's what he's clearly doing, and he's told Triss he's on his own for this point. No, I've got no interest in fighting a hideously powerful mage who's not planning to contribute anything to the combat except leave, and is mounted on something we probably can't kill. But presumably we need to deal with the consequences of whatever he dropped on us in his initial round. Yes. Although nothing seems to have happened, nothing has exploded. Oh, okay. Well, that's right. If that's um, if, if we don't have to make any kind of reflex or will saves or anything, then that's fine as far as it goes. Okay. Yeah. Nobody is terribly surprised by this um, combat no. occurring at this point. This was the likeliest outcome. And Tris, who seems. At this point, very focused, very sober, like his life has been building to this this particular payoff. Yeah. Um, brings up his bow and 
let's fly. Um, here's Alan Millie Range with you, isn't he? Yep. Yep. Um, and shoots straight past you and straight away from Tristan and fires into the horses. Oh, interesting. For his first shot. Uh, actually, no, because he doesn't know. Uh, can he ensure that if you guys are in disguise, the horses are in disguise? Well, we dropped the disguise. I would have presumed that was on the horses as well. Well, um, if it, think of it effectively as a holographic projection. Tristan just flicks it between things. Right, yeah. So instead of dispelling it altogether, he just sets you back to being Caitlin Dylan and, and Tristan. Tristan. All right, at which point But still looks... retains the option, because he can't yeah. cast the spell again today, but yeah. what he can do is go, now you have a beard. Now you're an elf. Yep, so the horses are quite probably still just look like regular horses. Yeah, so I think what he is going to do is it's a logical impression because that's kind of what you guys do. So he will make a wisdom check and see if he can put two and two together. Yep. And he does not, in fact. Um, At which point he will bring the bow up. There's still time to make it the way it was supposed to be, Caelan. Be my brother. Serve in my kingdom of peace. But there's not that much time left. And with that, he will mount the Escarite, which he can do with copious ease, one imagines. Yes, indeed. Like you and Tristan, he doesn't really have to roll. He fast mounts the fucking thing. Climbs on. Flies it up into the air. How well does it fly? Wrong thing. I believe no one has what's it doing. Yeah, it flaps up not perfectly but reasonably gracefully, arcing up into the sky. And that is pretty much what he's got. Go. This round. He draws, climbs on, flies. And trust him. Triss, can't we just talk about this? Oh, gods, all your stupid gods, why does it always have to come to this? A burst of energy comes out of him as he casts haste. Yep. We need to stop him to stop the bloom. But we can't hurt him. But we... Ah! But, uh, no, in fact, he says, but I can't hurt him. We... Ah! And looks frustrated and then casts haste. Yep. And then it is you. Okay, so there's Triss, who I don't specially want to attack. He's riding on a thing that I have, however, no objection to attacking. And there's a giant pile of giants coming out of a barn. And obviously the um, escarite that Triss is riding is pretty much going to go on his initiative like your horses are. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't particularly want to leave Tristram to fight the Yetans. So, um... <laughs> it's, it's fair, yeah. So I think I'm probably going to go deal with the barn full of Yetans. So, um... Your movement speed is now 30 foot higher. Yeah, 5, 15, 
20. Yeah. Can't, can get to stabbing range with the front front fella? I'm not sure you're listening to me. Tristan casts haste on you. Your oh, movement right. speed is now like 50 foot minimum. Oh, right. Sweet. Okay. Yep. Yep. All right. I speed over to the barn. I believe what Bryn gave you to speed is an enhancement bonus. I'd have to look that up. So it, but, do- so it doesn't, doesn't stack. stack. But regardless, your speed is, is now 50? either 50 or 60 foot. So you get to the barn where yeah. it is. Sweet. You okay. go, go whether you will. Okay. So I will come over to here. Absolutely. And um, hold the door. Yeah, the only question is whether you stand in their way or whether you let them come out so you can attack the opportunity them. But if you're not combat reflexy, then standing in their way is probably better. Yeah, I, I'd rather less of them had the chance to attack me. Fair. Um, as I go, um, which one of these swords is going to be the best for stabbing? Um, it's deadly scratched. Um, Tristan suggested that the Escarites, like many Fae, will be hard to harm without cold iron, but that's really no obstacle for you at this point. Oh lord, isn't that not an obstacle? Yeah, but I'm um, going to focus on the giants for right now. Um, yeah, no, that's right, because I'm using the movement to get up there, it's still Matchless Sentinel. So I'm just going to um, hit them with Matchless Sentinel. Yep. Um, so um, I speed up, and... Um, Make either a single attack, or I get possibly get a second one with. I don't. I think haste gives you an extra attack on your full attack, not an extra attack on your um regular. Correct. Yep. Yeah, so I make a single attack, and then I'll cleave them. Yep. Um. Then I'll cleave if I can hit the other. Go- I don't know. They're giants. They're kind of large. I think I can only hit the one that's in the door. One person next to it, it's in your, it's about your reach. Cool. Oh yeah. So there's this guy. Cool. So I'll, I'll hit this guy and then I'll endeavor, if I hit him, I'll endeavor to cleave that guy. Yeah. The guy, the, um, one that's represented by the hill giant mini, um, that's slightly to the right, it has some cover, so he has additional AC. Yep. For whatever that's worth to you, probably not a lot. Cool. And I make a attack with matchless sentinel. Yep. Okay. And roll poorly, so that's a 27. Yeah, yeah, you you cleave into the Etten with ease. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's got any kind of acid resistance. I would imagine he doesn't have acid resistance. He does not. Resistance. Cool. Um, It's going to be a bad day to be him. Uh, So that would be... Twenty-six points of damage. Yep, the blade seems to bite into him with no real resistance. He, and then I cleave the next one. Uh, so that's a thirty-one. Yep. Which I imagine does it even with the cover. Oh, oh yes. And uh, less well on the damage that time. Uh, that's seventeen damage to that fellow. Yep. Kaelin runs forward and cleaves into them. And um, as on the way over there, as he runs past uh, Stress, um, he'll say, It's not too late for you either. It's not too late to turn back from this path. It won't be too late even after you try to kill us. Uh, but we'd really prefer you didn't. I don't want to fight you. 
This has to end. We have to put things the way they're supposed to be. And the Escarites begin flying off the roof. Yep. Uh, at which point, that's pretty much going to be them. Uh, yes, unfortunately I can't um, defend Tristram from both hordes of enemies, so he's just going to have to take care of himself. So, uh, one of them will fly over to about here, double moving, and is still flying in the air. Yep, uh, we might need a flatter dice. Um, uh, yep. Flatter dice for the flying. And the other two fly down the front of the, of the farmhouse towards Tristan. Yep. And again keep flying. Yep. Well, that gives him some opponents that he doesn't feel conflicted about attacking. As they come down, can you and Tristan both make me a... Uh, you might be immune to this now. Are you immune to fear now? I am, in fact, immune to fear. Cool. So, as this thing flies near to you, you feel this aura of inevitability about it that Kalen has always known on a great many levels that one day he's going to die. Sooner or later, something will get lucky and kill you in battle. Or, um... You're a simple age. Which will you quicker. And sooner rather than later. This thing makes it feel impossible to escape from that that moment that you occasionally have where you think, oh, one day I'll die. One day my life will be over. What does that all mean? What was it all worth? For, for a moment around this escarite, it feels like that day is today. In the inevitable inevitability of death has caught up with you. And a cold fear settles on you, and Caelan, recognizing it as unnatural, feels Aristotle's protection around him. Tristan, on the other hand, has no such protection. Yep. Um, he feels like his body is aging and decaying. Fascinating. It's a fortitude-based fear effect. Interesting. Well, I'd be really good... Unfortunately, I'd be really good at uh, doing that. However, they are fae, so he gets his... Um, he gets his trait that he's got that's plus one to all saves versus fate. Ah, nice. Alright, so he will shake and quiver, but make those. Sweet. And then the two Iskarites that come down towards him stare at him with their hollow, empty eyes. Um, and Tristan's flesh begins to turn grey, and he makes a couple more fortitude saves. <laughs> Yay, fortitude saves! Yeah, well, why can't they pick on someone That's their own? That's where he's a viking. It's like half folk size. Okay, so he will save both of those. Good for him. And merely takes half damage. Like a butt ton of damage. Do you need a notepad or anything? No, I'm not. Happy I've got their monster stats in front cool. of me. It's like a shed load of damage. Yeah, well, it's two attacks. Yeah. Uh, 
So Tristan seems to stagger and turn grey, and dust begins to cake off his flesh as he stares at these things. Mm-hmm. All right, and that is them. Yep. The Yetans. <laughs> They say you big king. Uh, me bigger. No, me bigger. No, me biggest. Uh, get him. Why is Svetlana to drop a fireball in the room when I need her? Uh, real king of thorns says smash. Smash him good. Smash. <laughs> and they just start flailing away at you. Yep. With their morning stars. Yep. And these things are carrying like two whirling ball and chains, one in yep. each hand. Apparently operating them very well. Yep. As if each head controls one. Uh, and you've got the same thing of having cover from some of them. Yep. Um, so what is your AC uh, plus two? Or what, rather, what's your AC? And I'll add two. 30, 32. Cool. So 34, 34, 32. Nope. 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 And the one that actually has at least 20... You know, no. <laughs> so they smash some chunks out of the barn wall. Yeah. There's this flurry of perfectly aimed morning stars swings wildly around, crunching off your armour in several places, but Kaylin stays standing. Yep. And then it is Team Triss. Yes. He looks down at you. Damn it. I don't want... want this to... Damn it all. (laughs) Begins knocking and raining arrows down on you, one after another with alarming rapidity. Yep. Uh, So also 32 he's aiming for here. Yep. So... Quite possibly hit with some of his. Uh, one is a 33. Yeah, so hit, hits with that one. Then crit threat. That sounds good. Uh, 20, obviously. Uh, 30, which will miss. Cool, so he doesn't confirm, so he hits yeah. with two of them. Crit threat, but a miss, because my yep. actual 20. And flat miss on the last one goes wild. Um, as he fires five arrows at you with great rapidity, one yep. after another. Well, I'm glad he's shooting me and not Triss. And fails to confirm the crit. Yep. So two regulation brand hits. Uh, and it seemed like the last time you fought that he struggled a little with you. Um, as if he was mostly prepared to fight humans as opposed to orcs. Now it looks like he has spent some time training and put some of his favorite enemy points into orcs. Yeah. Um, so he seems more accomplished at damaging you, but it must be said not as much as humans, which ironically won't work on Tristan anymore. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, can you take uh, 16 and 14? And so, separating you can. No, that's a flat 30. Yep. Cool, I take 30 points of damage. 
He aims rapidly and deadly and lets fly with his bow. Yep. And stab, stab. He is also carrying, it must be said, a score of other weapons in addition to this. He's yep. omni-talented, has a lance and a pair of hatchets, among other things. Kaelin approves in a distant sort of way. And that is him. Yep. And that is Tristan. Ooh. I, I can't take too much more of that. Do what you need to do. Try not to look them in the eyes. I... He looks at Tristan and shakes his head. I don't want to hurt you. At worst, you're my brother. At best, you're me. Tristan glares down at him. You and I have nothing in common. I really wish for your sake that was true. But you obviously don't know much about what an asteroid is. If you leave these things unchecked, they'll kill those people in there. I have them under control. I am their king. I don't want to fight you. And I can't take that chance. And Tristan turns around and lets fly a flurry of arrows into the Escalites. Yep. They are people he feels morally okay with killing these Yeah, well, it's, um, it's not coincidental that Caelan looked around at the battlefield and said a barn full of giants. I feel totally okay about stabbing them. Uh, he feels pretty good about just letting fly into the first one. Yep. Okay, so he will unleash his um, hasted, hasted, <laughs> hasted rapid shot. Oh, and and then and in the first round, Tristram and Triss both shoot a ton of arrows at him. Very much so, like yeah. mirrors of each other. Yeah, Tristan is actually the no. Triss is the slightly faster of the two. He is making five attacks to Tristan's four. Yeah, I'm guessing Triss has, Triss has the benefit of a class that gives you a little bit yeah, more of the base, base attack. Base attack bonus because he's ranger barbarian. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so him. <laughs> uh, so, massive hit on the first one, hit on the second one, uh, hit on the third one. And missed on the fourth one. some need to divvy these up because the frost from Tristan's bow the cold seems to strike these things and not really trouble them in yeah. fashion. However, Tristan's firing cold iron arrows which go straight through the DR. Um, Fires off 41 points of damage into one of them, <laughs> which staggers but does not fall out of the air. That would be Mr. Griffin. And then Tristan will five foot step towards the horses. Tristan will five foot step towards the horses. Cool. Have to clarify those two when they're in the same combat. Yep. Then you're up. Okay. So, Caelan will look around at his opponent. Yep. Say, 
not looking, making eye contact yeah. with me. It has to, like, stare at you to activate yeah. this. It's not just a gaze attack. Well, I feel a little outnumbered. Let's have some help. And Kaelin will draw a briar yep. and combine these swords for a move action. Okay. I am now wielding Sacrifice. Sacrifice, the knell of dissolution. Go <laughs> bananas. Alright. It's Feybane. Yes, it is. Uh, however, I'm going to start with the giant. Yep. And uh, what you will rapidly see when you do this is these things look like Ettons, but um, I don't imagine Catelyn's got a lot of experience with Ettons. Possibly. Uh, I think I thought said Swetlana blew up some. Were they Ettons? Or possibly those were just hill They're giants. They're just really dumb trolls. Yeah, I think they were hill giants. Can't remember. Yeah. Uh, in any case, they're, they're not a super uncommon thing. Um, usually, Ettons argue with themselves and are brick dumb. Um, these ones seem <coughs> smarter, by yeah. which I mean, you know, their intelligence is like one point higher than the average Etton. Yeah. Um, and a lot more coordinated. Yeah. Uh, effectively, uh, Tristan could lecture you on this, but it's kind of shorthand. Um, he says that the they're Ettons from the first world directly, as opposed to Ettons he's picked up somewhere else. So guess yeah. what? They count as Fae. Oh! Shiny. Um, most of the stuff that comes through here is going to count as Fae unless whatever else it is is strong enough to effectively overpower the first world. Like the Albear, the, the giant first world infected Albear was um, not a Fae, it was an animal or a yeah. magical beast or whatever it is by default. Um, these things, however, are just kind of mooks, so they're getting straight overpowered into being fae. Lovely. Alrighty. Okay, so, um, uh, sacrifice. Yep. Um, strikes at the middle atom. Yep. Cuts them. Fucking pieces, Well, I wouldn't if I rolled a one or a two, but I rolled a four. So that hit before, that was enough to hit it before, and I'm now getting an additional plus two because of the, um, fae Yep. So I would imagine, because that's 28, 32. Yep, busy. Hitting these things is not going to be a problem. Yep. Alrighty, so that would be, uh, oh, it's a bad day to be you, sir. Uh, get him. Get the king's enemies. Uh, uh, 28. Ouch. <laughs> On the middle fellow. Me beautiful face. I'm still standing. Yep. And um, then I will cleave my friend over here who's standing next to him. I don't look too happy, but I'm still standing. Yep. All right. Uh, so let's add that up. So that's... Uh, 34 on the second one. Splat, yep. Despite the door's protection. And I deal him... Twenty-four points of damage. Yep. And then, um... He's also still up. Yep. Looking happy. And can I reach that guy to clean? No, he is flying in the air. Out of your melee reach quite deliberately. Alright. Um, so, um, I can technically throw the sword at him, but not this round. Why not? Uh, because I used my... Because I used a move action to combine the swords and the uh, standard so action. So you don't have a full attack, yeah. Yeah. 
Just... Uh, I don't have a full attack, so I can't um, use my... And I can't start throwing the swords at him. Yep. So I merely um, attack two of them for brutal amounts of damage. Yep. Um, then, sacrifice is taking the life of a living creature. I heal five points of damage. Uh, more. Uh, Each successful attack oh. damages a foe. Ten okay. points of damage. You have cool. hit two, damage two things. Yep. So it turns out that Horde standing me next to a huge army of mooks is not um, not a, no longer a great percentage flat. <laughs> All right. And Kaelin looks a bit better. <laughs> yep. And Kaelin cleaves into them with sacrifice. Yep. And starts destroying the ends. Yep. Yeah, I mean, once I kill these two, I then have to fight the back two. And, of course, there's the problem with the Eskarite, although it may find I'm a little bit more difficult to um, beat up with Fortitude Saves than Tristram is. All right. As a move action, it flies around in the air a bit. Yeah. it can't stop. Yeah. Um, and then stares at you with its empty, bone, its empty skull-boned eyes. And you feel the void pulling you in, and you can feel your flesh starting to dissolve as it stares at you with its hollow eyes. Uh, give me a fortitude save for half damage, which you will make with ease, I imagine. Uh, yeah, that's um, 16 plus 16. Cool. Uh, and this is not a fair effect, this is actually disintegrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I didn't think, I didn't think as it was, it's the aura of fear was the other thing. Fucking vicious little monsters. Uh... Uh, 23 points of damage. That That's the half? Yep. Ouch. 10d6 halved. Yep. Yeah, that's brutal. Alright, just as well I can make fortune save. Yep. And the kill looks worse. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, that's what Tristan will do. He's, he's going to disappear if they can't see him. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I... When I said do what you have to do, that was kind of a feel free to go invisible. <laughs> Alright, so that's my Iskarite. Yep. It stares at me. What are the other two Iskarites uh, doing? Uh, to be honest... Disintegrating Tristram? Yeah, they're going to fly in circles and, and disintegrate Tristram. Yeah. Because... Um, they can. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things he might want to do is go invisible and heal himself for a ton of hit. <laughs> he rolls two natural 20s on his saves. Good for him. However, I'm still worried that they're going to kill him. He doesn't exactly have a huge pool of hit points. And he staggers and doesn't look terribly healthy, but he's still up. Good for him. Alright. Unfortunately, his evasion doesn't do anything against fortitude saves for half. Yeah, yeah. Alright, and it's Team Etten. They didn't hurt Kale in last round, but it's always possible this could be their lucky round. Right, yeah. Get the king, like, yeah. Uh, need new door. <laughs> smash, 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 smash. He starts yep. smashing down the wall of the barn, which is not going to hold him up all yeah. that long. No, no, but he has to at least spend his round doing it. Huh? Alright, and the others waffle the shit out of you with... Now, can the third guy hit me? Yes, 10 foot reach. Ah, right, he's got reach and I don't. Yes, good, good answer. I would if I was using the score of possibilities. Because he's a giant guy. Yeah. 
I mean... Oh, no, I've got five-foot reach with Shimmer Strike. I say he can hit you. Like, yeah, yeah. In theory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure Shimmer Strike is five-foot extra reach. You're right, yes. Yeah, so, but I'm not I'm using... certainly supposed to. Yeah, yeah five-foot yeah. extra reach. But I'm not using score of possibilities. I'm using okay. Sacrifice because I want the... Um, as it turns out, the Feybane is really useful, but what I wanted was the heals me each round thing. Alright, clangity clang 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 clang. The one standing in front of you comes close and actually yeah. dents the armor somewhat. Yeah. The other guys are not even close to your level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't let you keep those swords, Kalen. They're not meant for you. And she's been like family to me. More than my actual parents were anyway. Just drop them, walk away, and let this happen. At least you can choose to do that, can't you? At least you've been given a choice. And he waits half a heartbeat, and presumably as you don't drop the swords, he's just... Yeah, I, I think I'll, I'll respond Absolutely. to that. Um, so, um, um... You may not have a good choice, but you do have choices. And no, I'm afraid they were made for me. They were made to stop her. And that's not what you're here to do. Technically, you know, they were made to offer choice to mortal heart. Yeah. You know, he, he, like, he could wield I know, I know. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe he was the one that was destined to. Mm. Alright, he lets fly like a motherfucker. Uh, 31 will shave close but not hit you. Uh, the other good one will effortlessly hit you. Nope. Twenty-nine, nope. And nothing, the last one. The fuselage of shots lands again. His escalator yep. is more or less just keeping him up. It yep. flies around in circles. Uh, he lands a solid shot on that one for 21 points of damage. Yep, that was nasty. I'm glad he's not hitting me with more of them, because the ones he does hit with are brutal. Yep. Favorite enemy is awesome. You make lots of attacks. Alright, so sweet. Yep. On the other hand, every time you whack it in, you get five points back again. Yeah, well this is going to be a long fight. I need a plan, uh, and, and, and I've got lots of opportunities to heal myself. I need a plan other than um, take it. Okay, well it has a lot of hit points, but um, he's lost a third of them already, and he can't do that forever. Alright, so... And sooner or later, one of these Eddins may actually hit, and when it does, it'll hit like a truck. Tristan is going to have to abandon his plan to get on his horse if he's going to go invisible, because he can't, he can't, he doesn't want to disappear and then ride the horse off. Yeah, people yeah. are obviously going yeah, to know where it is. And I, I think the, um, the, the Iskerites are killing him. He needs yeah. a, he needs a plan B. Kaylin, I can't stand up for them looking at me. I have to do something about this. Sorry. <laughs> and he vanishes into thin air. It's okay. And Triss 
looks slightly concerned, is slightly horrified at this, and sort of shouts at the air in general where Tristan was. If you try and run away, I'll have to kill the farmers. Don't make me do that. It's your choice, not mine. And I'm not running anywhere. <laughs> Tristan vanishes, and then you hear Caelan was remotely here. The audience hears dig, 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 dig as his feet run. And yep. In fact, because it's only me tracking it, I can actually keep them on screen. Yeah, because it's, it's, um, Caelan has no idea where he is, but it's not going to be, um, a big factor in Caelan's battle tactics. He's going to fuck off and go stand on the horse. Yep. And that is Tristan. He casts greater invisibility and vanishes. Cool. Kill. So. Alright, BC. I think you're more of a problem to me than these fellows. He says, um, looking sidelong but not making direct contact with the buzzing thing. I bet you think I can't hit you because you're all the way up there. It's flying 40 feet in the air. Yep. Uh, sacrifice at a range mm-hmm. increment of 20, 20, which means you can throw it like up to 100 feet at, at minus 2s for each step. Yep. So 40 foot is a minus 2. Yeah. Thing is, is and Kalen flips the hilt so that he is holding it pointing that way. You're wrong! <laughs> and hip sacrifice directly at the chest of the the um, thing for his first attack, I believe. Can he make a full attack? Absolutely. Because it is a returning weapon, it comes back to your hand. Cool. And Caelan Hiff sacrificed at, directly at the... Uh, what, are they, what are they called again? Yes, you're right. Uh, the, the only thing of relevance to you here is that you are making a ranged attack and thus going to provoke attacks of opportunity. On the other hand, given how these things have hit you thus far, yeah, but and you can also just five-foot step back away from them. Yeah, I'm going to five-foot step away back from everyone but the middle one. Yeah, because um, he's got reach? Correct. Cool, I will five-foot step back. The others back. do as well, but they can't hit me. Yeah, yeah I will five-foot step back. At the point that Tristram's invisible, I don't feel like I have to super block the barn door. Because effectively, imagine it is there's some point where you get, grab the sword and throw it like this. Yeah. And leave yourself wide open. I presume, by the way, that Tristram hasn't been in... Like, he has presumably got precise shot, given he's a heavy archer. He hasn't been taking penalties to shoot me rather than the Etons, given I've been... Tris, in the, Tris, you mean? Tris, 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 yes. Yeah, absolutely. He's yeah. got... Precise, rapid, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, blah, yeah. Blah. so there's no point standing in melee to try yeah. and dissuade him. No, he's a ranger with archery at his combat style. Yeah, so I will stand over here and hit the thing, at, hit the sword in its chest. Absolutely. So, something goes clang off your back yep. as, it, as you provoke and it does nothing. Cool. Alright, uh... Quite a lot. Uh, Funk. Yeah, um, 23 plus 17 plus 3. Do I need to add that up? <laughs> no, not in slightest. Cool. So this is up to you to dictate whether um, Sacrifice flies back to your hand Majolna style, or just teleports and reappears, or um, whatever you think is more fitting. Um, I think it disappears to a... Sh- Enters its chest and then boom, it's gone. It's back in Kettle's hand. Makes sense. And it's a fay. Yeah, I'm rolling the fay band damage. Twenty-seven. 
Certainly. Uh, of some note, um, Triss is absolutely not a fae. Yeah. Not here to fight him. Yep, stab. At least while any other alternative presents itself. Uh, Alright, um... And then I do that again. Yep. Uh, 33. Whack. Uh, 22. Yep. Still up. It's not looking happy. Cool. I get another five hit points back. Yep. And then I do it again. Alright, this one may miss, however. It's a 20. Uh, that will miss. Okay, and it, uh, the sword sails straight past it and then winks out of the air and is back in Kaelin's hand. Uh, that seems like a, a low number of attacks to me. How many have you made? Oh, sorry, that's three. I forgot about the haste. Yeah. Um, what do I make the haste attack at attack-wise? Is uh, that your highest one. Cool, all right. So, so you're getting a second one at your highest. All right, then let's pretend I um, rolled that in the right order. Are you, are you on three attacks now, or are you on four? I'm on three. I'm pretty sure I'm on three attacks. Yeah, because you'll be down one, because everyone yeah. else has just tripped the... All the three-quarter classes have just tripped the point where they get their third one. Yeah, because I'm um, 14, 9, and 3. Yeah, because it's 6. Um yeah, yeah, you're right. Yep. Okay, so here's my special haste fourth attack. Yep. Alright, uh. 34, yeah, 34 and some more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your minimum damage is going to crush it. Cool. And Kaelin picks off the, um, Escarite. The problem with the other two Escarites is definitely a problem, but, um, he does, uh,. Pick up another five hit points from that. So, so multiple times, your sacrifice flies through the air oh, yeah. into this thing, blinking back to your hand as it goes. The final one strikes at the Escarite, beginning to bleed a sort of glittery substance out of itself, just spirals in the air, crashes into the ground, and then begins rapidly decaying. And in a few moments, it is nothing but dust on the wind. Yeah. And Kaelin looks still moderately, still hurt, but considerably better as Sacrifice drinks the life of his enemies and returns it to him. It's a creepy damn weapon, but I need it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you do. Alright, yes. And then Kaelin fights everybody on the battlefield all by himself. This is going to be a problem. Because <laughs> they can see that coming and staring holes at you and the fortune save isn't necessarily going to get them all that far. Well, it is. It hurts the it hurts like a bejesus, and I can't take indefinite amounts of it. I mean, admittedly, if they come over here and stand near me, yep. I'm going to start stab. I'm going to start destroying one of them with my um, Feybane sword. But the other one would get to look for around. Yeah, we can get on your orders here. These are spell like so we don't put those. How far? They fly in and land near to you. 
gliding in, and these things have sort of jellyfish-style little blue tentacles coming out, of, coming out of under the skull, out of their mouths, and it's these that come out gently towards you, just trying to caress and land on you, and they make a couple of melee touch attacks. I really don't like it when people make touch attacks. That's terrible, but still probably good enough. Uh, 15. Uh, and 20, which will almost certainly do it. No, the natural armor doesn't apply to touch attacks. It does not. Oh. Uh, then yes, that will be plenty good enough. 15. The 15 will. The 10 won't. Okay. And My AC is now high, is now higher than the standard. These tendrils just sort of stroke across your armor very lightly and gently. And where they do, your plate begins to corrode and crack as if it is aging very rapidly, as if time is catching up with it. Uh, and that is from two separate attacks. Uh, there's no savings going against that. Uh, presuming that your armor is giving you this much, which it almost certainly is, you lose seven points of armor. Oh, permanently? No. Oh. Okay. But um, permanently from the um, for, right. for your purposes here. All right. Okay. As your armor begins to rust and corrode and crack. That's a bit of a disaster. Alright, um, so yes, that, um, definitely... But it can only be removed to the limit that your armor is actually providing you. I can't hurt my natural armor like that. Alright, so... 25, yep. Uh, So that's that. The downside to that is that they have to reach out and land these tendrils, and while they're just kind of floating, you're going, <laughs> you stab the shit out of them. They provoke multiple times. Cool. You've only got the one attack, so pick one and stab it. Okay. All right, I'll pick that one. Yep. Okay, uh, 32. Yep. Yes. So always the option of power attack the shit out of these things as well. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Um, uh, well, not on a not on a uh, attack of opportunity anyway. Uh, Techn- like, technically, you can, but then you're stuck with that power. Yeah, attack. no. You, um, all right, so eighteen uh, plus. Oh, it's a good creature. It's got weapon focus tentacle. Twenty four. So as its tendril comes out and just gently lands across you, you stab the hell out of it. Yeah. And then realize that your armor is rusting horribly, like it is aging in front of you. Yeah. Alrighty. And that is all the Esterites. This is Team Etim. Smash, 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 smash. Yep, made a hole. Stupid moth, get out of the way! <laughs> uh, 
I have this. <laughs> There's only one killed and they can't all get round him because they're large. Yeah, well that was the problem behind hiding in the barn. Yeah. On the other hand, Trust really didn't want to talk to these guys for the last week. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. And on the other hand, he has a much better chance of hitting Kaelin now. He is flanking you uh, with his buddy. Yeah, that's that's like a thirty-four to hit. Yep, yep. Anyway, so he would actually have hit me even without the arm. Uh, and the other one goes flailing by. Yeah, that is only a sixteen. So I imagine your arm is nowhere near that. No, no. Um. <laughs> they will call me Kingslayer. What do you mean? I slayed him. My morning star. Sixteen damage, good. Alright, kill takes sixteen damage. Alright. And drops to what he was before he started sacrificing people at the um on his turn. Yep. Well it's it's ironic that you're using the knell of dissolution against these creatures of pure entropy. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, um, the AC drain is pretty brutal, but if he can survive his next round, what, at least one of these Ethans is pretty badly hurt. Uh, and because the Ethans have no real reason not to, uh, they will just start crit fishing and yanking out a couple of javelins and hurling them blindly into the melee. Yep. And no, sir. Yep. Um, taking various penalties to yeah, not yeah. hit them off. They, they do not look like they are precise. Precise yeah. shooters or anything of that sort. Yeah. They're just going to yank them out and javelins go way over the top of you. They're, they're literally crit fishing. At yeah. Point. However, this is the problem. Yeah. Is that now presumably Trish shoots me. Now Trish shoots you. And I was indi- I was kind of relying on Trish only being able to hit me once or twice around. Yeah. On the other hand, the tendrils that you can see coming off the Escherites seem to have turned brown as if they are sated at this point. Right, they can only, they can't it's, keep doing it's that. It's done, it's rusting grass. Yeah. Rusting grass, it's fun. Yeah. Alright, so Triss will let fly with his rapid shot, bloody bloody blah. Uh, 29 and 27. Uh, both hit, both wouldn't have. Uh, yeah, they need to add that up. Critical miss. Uh, Nineteen miss. And ten. Yay! He only hits me with two. I will survive the round. Ooh, hits you hard, but yeah, but he can't kill me with two shots. God, it was a great decision. Get me sacrificed out. Yeah, well, unfortunately, Triss knows enough to know what the purpose of the swords is, yes. not necessarily all that they can do. 20. Well, you know, having a lot of big guys hit Kaelin is a perfectly sound anti-Kaelin strategy. I don't need to split those, so I have 32 damage. Cool, I'm still up, I'm fine. Alright, fine, dead. I'm not dead. I, for definition of fine, qualified as not dead. Alright, and Kaelin is bloodied. Yep. Well bloodied, actually. However, he doesn't look like he's about to drop imminently or whatever. Half his, over half his hit points is still a moderate amount of hit points, but he certainly looks like he's being methodically beaten down. 
However, as Trish is horribly injured, Tristram is horribly injured, it's still legitimate to spend his round healing. Uh, if you were looking like you're bleeding to death, then he'll come and help you. Uh, not bleeding to death. I look like I can't take that many more rounds of this, but I am going to um, potentially take out some of my enemies on my turn and heal up a bit because I've got sacri- sacrifice powers. I've got a lot of attacks. Tristan himself. There are vague intonations from Tristan in the background, and then he expresses his voice more clearly. I haven't run. You should know we Fay are pretty good at hiding. <laughs> and he will heal himself a whopping forty-seven hit points <laughs> with cure critical wounds and damn near maxing his four dice. Uh, at which point. He's fine. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. Uh, and then he will, because he is making noises, he will move. Yep. Just so he's not standing in the same place. Not that Trist seems all that um, comfortable with shooting himself in the face anyway. Uh, and then it is Caleb. Yep. Alright. And it's getting old. Thoughtful of you fellows to all stand next to me. Yeah, the Escarites have landed at this point. They yeah. Come and touch you. Alright, and Kaelin unleashes the first of his four attacks and begins the cleaving. <laughs> Alright, and... Um, do you have cleave and great cleave up? I do have cleave and great cleave up. Great stuff. Let's, let's do this slowly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Kaelin spends a bunch of... I need to decide if I'm power... I'm not power attacking. I want to hit with every single one of these. Okay, so the, the fundamental limitation is that you can only successfully cleave any given person once in a round. Yep. So, to begin with, I make my first full attack. Yep. And I'm going to make it at this fellow. Absolutely. Uh, I um, successfully hit him. Indeed you do. Um... And I deal him uh, 26 points of damage. And he dies horribly, cut into a thousand pieces. That's thoughtful of him. And I, um, I'm i just going to note down the number of um, merely damages I yep, deal, and then I'll add up the hit points I get at the end. Okay, then without pausing, I cleave this fellow. Yep. Uh, so that's a... Uh, 30-something. Uh, yep. uh, None of these things are terribly hard to do. Alright, and that's uh, 15. Um, yeah, that's 19 points of damage. So this is sacrifice you're using now, isn't it? So yes. So there's no acid in there. No, there's no acid in cool, there. Cool. But I negate the DR. Yes. Yeah, the only DR they've got is cold iron anyway, which yeah. would be negating with one thing or another. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, the other weapons generate. It's that sacrifice is technically not a cold iron weapon. Yeah. It merely um, surpasses cold iron uh, DR, DR anyway. Yeah. Cool, so whack. So 19 on that one. And that's Mr. Griffin? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was technically Mr. Triceratops, cool. but I'm about to cleave Mr. Griffin. Cool. Uh, and... Uh, Another very large amount for Mr. Griffin. <laughs> and I deal him 
24 points of damage from Mr. Griffin. Yep. And at this point I have cleaved everyone I'm in melee with. Yep. So I'm all done cleaving. Yep. Now it's time for your next hasted full first attack. Yep. So I am now going to hit Mr. Triceratops. Yep. With my weapon. And, uh, uh, 32 to hit him. Yeah, this is what 15 little fighter looks like. Yeah, yeah, you, 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 you all come and stand in melee with me. You fucking bring it. Uh, 24 damage to hit him. Yep, yep, definitely, yep. Uh, four. He's dead. He is. Cool. And that's that one. Alright. And then Kalen will use his uh, next attack at the lowered base attack bonus at his remaining melee opponent. Uh, interesting, and um, it misses, even though it shouldn't have. Because you fumble on two. As I fumble on two. Yep. And then, uh, that was a couple of dice on we roll it. Uh, so I'll actually add this up. So that's 26, uh, 20, 29 to hit that fellow. That will hit. Cool. And, uh, that is, uh, 17. 26 points of damage. Yep, he is not dead. Okay, I'm sorry to hear that. That, at, at that point I am out of, and at that point I am out of attacks. And Kaelin's, um, sacrifice cleaves and cleaves and strikes and cleaves. And then there is but a circle of death and one uh, one creature standing surrounding Kalen. Uh, that was five successful hits on living targets. Yep, for 25 points healed. For 25 points healed. So, 88. So, um, Kalen is definitely still in peril, but, um, and afterwards, as they, as they lie on the ground, he'll say, the thing is, you feel like you should have gotten the chance to do what I did. And maybe you would have done things differently. Maybe you would have done them better, who can say. But the thing is, I did do those things. And that's experience. That I have. You may feel like this should have been your destiny. But I didn't take it from you. I just had it. You're damn right it should have been my destiny. I know you didn't choose any of this. You just got caught up in it. Like me. But we have to just do the best we can. With the choices that we have left. I really don't... I've thought about seeing you again for a long time. And I really don't want to have to kill my family. But I have to stop you. I have to. 
his team Kalen. Yes. <laughs> he is proud of that. Okay, so as you were turning to strike the Eskerite again, a bit of sort of glittery dust with effectively the blood on this thing flickers through your now slightly rusty helm and gets in your eye. Just a bit of that bad luck and dust blowing the wrong way and that sort of thing, and you miss it. But you're wildly unused to this happening at this point. It's, it's been a while since something just went wrong like that. Because <laughs> I think that's the first fumble you've rolled since... Um, uh, yeah, I'm not sure that it is, but it certainly hasn't happened a lot. Mm. Uh, and the Eskerite at this point simply stares at you silently and gives me a fortitude save. Alright. Probably safely make that. Uh, that wasn't a super great roll. That's a uh, 23. Cool. You're fine. Cool. Uh, have, have 14 points of damage. You really don't like the cubes to me. No, it's terrifying. It's, it's 10d6 at will. Yeah. Alright, so. And to be honest, it likes flying away and making an attack or taking an attack opportunity a hell of a lot better than it likes standing here. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it's not working out great for it. So it's going to go a sixty-ish foot over here. Cool. Uh, Kale's going to hit it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, at this point, it's directly Titania's curse is the only thing keeping him from just killing it every round. Alright, and um, that is, oh, a bad day to be an Eskarite. 27. Alright, so... Um, sorry, 29. Yep. So, it flaps backwards trying to brush the farm dust into your face. Yeah. And it flies backwards away, steps just out of your reach, and I can't imagine Kalen steps forward and actually throws the sword very yeah. slightly. Yeah. It goes, you know, 30 centimetres out of your hand, yeah. then reappears, the escarite goes... <sighs> dust to dust. Yeah. That is Team Escarite. Because <laughs> the one on Trist is acting on his initiative. Yep. Get him, we can surround him now. Oh, he's brilliant. This one double moves and wanders all the way around. That's right, my little hit point point generating machines get into melee with me. That's the spirit. And they surround you. Yep. Uh, One of them will get no attacks. Yep. Um, the other one will get one attack and then his full attack. Yeah, I'm not I'm not wild about this round of getting attacked, but if I stay up, they're going to have a really bad... And, and Trist doesn't kill me, they're going to have uh, a really bad next round. 25 from the one that's stepping in on you. That will just hit. And uh, Fabulous Sorrel and a crit threat from the other one. Oh, don't crit me. Uh, I don't imagine so... 21 to confirm the crit? He does not confirm the crit. Okay, so two base hits. Yep, which is still not great because they, um, the downside of it is they do hit pretty hard. Alright, so minimal damage on one and maximum damage on the other. Well, I guess that evens out. Uh, 18 and 8 is uh, 24. Yep. Okay, so... No, sorry, 26. Alright, 48. 
And it was at that point that Kaelin realized that um, Feybane is a plus two damage, and um, you should be nearly more damage on every one of those attacks, but it's a lot of math with this, with my weapons. One of the items looks retroactively more hurt. Yeah. Because the other two, in fairness, you haven't actually, actually yes. yeah. No, no. It's merely that I could potentially uh, be taking things down slightly faster. <laughs> All right. And, um, yep, and Caelan looks worse. He definitely doesn't look ready to drop, but he's got a definite air of not being not being wild about the bit where Trish shoots him a lot. Oh. How far do you want to keep going with this? That's the top of the round. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, on the other hand, we are making pretty good progress you through really, our... You really are. Through our opponents. No, I'm good to have another round. We'll see where we are at the end of this one. Because... It's entirely possible this will result, Triss's action will result in Kaelin's death, and if it doesn't, um, or at least Kaelin being dropped to negative hit points, and if it doesn't, I don't think the Atoms are going to be long for this world. Because <laughs> one of them's already pretty badly hurt, and they're standing in a melee with Kaelin. <laughs> So, are you hor- horrifically injured? Uh, I'm at, um, I- I'm just under 50 hit points. So, I, for, so for me, I am? <laughs> it could, in theory, drop you, but it's not, um, massively likely. Um, it'll depend on how well he rolls, because if he hits me with all four arrows... Absolutely, but he hasn't been handing out 50 damage around. Uh, no, but he, um... He didn't roll, it seemed like he didn't roll super great on that last one. Five arrows is a lot of arrows. Yeah, well, the last one he's aiming at is, is just almost purely crit fishing. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's single, that's the single bit. Yeah, anyway, it's, it's up to him if he wants to rain arrows into the air or go try and find Tristram or whatever. He is running out of guys, but on the other hand, Kaelin is definitely looking considerably more worn down. Yeah, you've still got his swords. And unfortunately, he doesn't really have a um, a better option than killing you. Um. Well, it's not unreasonable to think if he didn't, if he wanted to take Kaelin out but not kill him, that dropping Kaelin to negative hit points would give him the option to yeah, stabilize yeah. Kaelin and steal his wit magic what, weapons. What he really wants is a nice, um, merciful longbow, but yeah. yeah, he don't have one. Yeah, so. but you know, I mean, it's not like if he was trying to do this to Tristan, there'd be a reasonable. I'm going to shoot you, and um, you know, I'm going to shoot you and deal you a ton of damage, and then it will ca- it will kill you instead of KO you. But it's not unreasonable as a guy with hit points like Kalen that you ought to be able to shoot him and drop him to negatives without killing him. All right, and he will let fly to Kalen again. Yep. Let's see how this goes. Glares, breathes. And calls out to the Ettons in Sylvan, which you understand perfectly. Once he drops, leave him be. Find the other one. Uh, Absolutely smack, smack. Uh, 24. That's a miss, I believe. Uh, 24 is indeed a miss. So two hats, one miss. Uh, that is a 
Forge, another miss, and the last one he's just crit fishing on. So, two hits again. Yep. He needs somebody to cast haste on him. But alas, he drove away his caster ally. Yeah. Uh, Which is just as well, because if the Wrigley Man was here, I would be dead by now. Yeah, but the Wrigley Man would do this very differently. Yeah. There wouldn't be all this talking and bullshit. Yeah. Uh, so that Have 35 points of damage. Okay, Kaelin is still up. <laughs> Alright, so. Yep, and um, now Kaelin looks really, really, really horrible. Yep. So, Tristan cogitates his options. Um, would you rather he um, actually. Um, uh, came and assisted you, or would you rather he left the Ettons there so you could chop them up for hit points? I, I was kind of hoping to chop the Ettons up for hit points. I mean, a giant healing... I'm not opposed to a giant healing spell, but if he could say, you know, destroy the thing Triss is riding on so Triss stops flying around and shoot... If he has another tactic, I'm cool for him to use whatever he was going to be doing. Well, shooting the Ettons is the other option. Shooting the Ettons or... Uh, to shoot the Ettons to kill them so they stop surrounding you and beating on you. Yeah. Um, or he can kill the Estorite that Triss is flying on, um, or he can kill Triss, but he's not very likely to. Um, well, my preference would be to kill the Estorite Triss is flying on, because um, it would be nice if um, it stopped flying around, if Triss had to fight on the ground like the rest of us. Yeah. Tristan isn't really mysticism. He will fall out. Triss, I have to tell you, this isn't my choice either. None of us wanted this. I wanted Talorath, Tenmaray, Jadamath, Fastikar, Entrophy. And Triss. Whatever manner of spell you intend, you can't flee from this place. The wriggling man saw to that and stares around intently looking for Tristan. And Tristan lets fly with something completely incomprehensible. It's just... It sounds like the equivalent of fucking fuck fuck, why can't you fucking understand me? Yeah. Uh, and at that point, a string of arrows will come flying out of nowhere yeah. towards the Escarite, which he has no trouble engaging whatsoever because he has a fucking sinking distance magical short bow. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alright, again, the frost will do nothing to it. his last one. Uh, sadly, out of point blank shot range. And deals at 45 points of damage. 
Sweet. It does not drop, but it wobbles alarmingly. And Tress just stays on. He's yeah. more than competent enough a rider to do this with ease. Yep. Uh, it must be said that um, based on his performance in the joust, he's a he's a really good rider. He's just not ridiculously good like you and Tristan are. Yeah. But he's more than good enough to pull off this sort of craft. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, my friend, there's no reason on earth to use that. Uh, he, does he negate one of the... He will uh, negate one of those hits with mounted combat. Yep. He rolls the... Because I'm just thinking... There's nothing that prevents him using it on a weird mount. Yeah. So he rolls it. Alright. Kel says, It's a good thing you boys aren't very bright. Well, you wouldn't have all come stood next to me. <laughs> and... <laughs> we outnumber you seven to one. <laughs> oh, you poor bastards. <laughs> all one, right. two, three, four, four, five, six, seven. And Kellen picks the healthiest looking at him. Yep. And makes his first attack on it. Okay, and that's a 28. Yep. 29, sorry. Alright, so here's my new round of hits. Okay, that's a 2, 27. Well, presumably not take it down. Oh, no. Um, and then I will cleave the second item. Yep. Uh, which hits. Yep. Um, for... Uh, 23. Cool And then I will cleave the third item. Yep, this is the... Badly, badly one. wounded hill giant. Which will hit. Yep. And, um, I deal it 27 points of damage. Oh, no. Right in the necks. Cool. Alright, and that's me out of cleaves. Yep. At which point... Only three more attacks to go. Yep, I will make my haste um, attack. Yep. On the healthiest item. Uh... That is a 33 and the red. Yeah, I hit it. Um, for uh, 24. Yep. He's fine Cool. And then I will make my third attack. Yep. On, um, Lower damage on him. Yep. Uh, and that's yep. Still going. To, still going to be over thirty. The explosion fire and ruin. Cool. And I kill him. Um. And then I make my fourth attack at the low thing on the surviving item. Yep. Uh, which is a twenty-eight. Twenty-nine. Yep. Easy. Yep. And, uh... They say he did not surpass 20. Yeah. Alright, and 16... Plus 25 points of damage. Is he still up? He is. Okay, then he gets the live. That's the end of my attacks. 
Alright, and I do, um, six, um, six attacks to living targets, giving me 30 hit points back. However, um, Kaelin still looks pretty badly hurt, like he might not be able to survive this round. Alright. Let's go mano a mano a mano. I'm going to full attack you with me morning stars with no flankers. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I'm, I'm good at this. One's going to miss horribly, and the other one's a 28. Oh, well, that's a bugger, because I really needed them to miss with both of them. Because I roll high and I roll low. Uh-huh. And I roll average on the damage, so that's... Uh, that's, uh, that's uh, six. It's 12 points of damage, though. Yeah, alright. Shuffer. Yep. Alright. And then he will at this point consider that his buddies aren't as big as they might seem anymore and five foot step back into the bar. Sure. He's, he's escaping. Yep. Alright. And now my chances of surviving the round are not super good. Although if it wasn't, just to be clear, if it wasn't for those Escarites fucking AC draining, I'd still be fine. <laughs> I was doing fine when he was only hitting me with one arrow around. Yep. Yeah, nasty bricks, aren't they? Yeah. If all we had to do was survive until all the other enemies were off the battlefield, that'd be one thing. Chris looks down at you. Damn it. Why can't you just make this easy? Being the king is supposed to be about things getting easier. Oh, you poor bastard. Yeah, guess who's had no experience being an actual king? Yeah. Like, presumably Titania's given him some degree of, like, rule or control or whatever, but it's damn sure not the same thing as holding the bag and the responsibility. Um... I have to save these people from you. I have to save my people. I know you meant well, Kaylin. You didn't choose right. Because you had something else whispering in your ear. Someone always feeding you the wrong information. God. glares at you and looks around the battlefield and you can make a sense motive check. Alright. Ranks and that since this last level. Uh, 20. And you see him glare down. He's pulled his helm back now so he can stare down at you. And Triss is really unkeen on shooting you. Um, and it becomes clear from Kaelin's point of view that what Kaelin said to him the last time at the Rushlight tournament really stuck with him. Like, once he sobered up and had a good long while to think about it. Um, you, you've you always wondered why he never came back again to finish the conversation, to pursue yeah. this further. And at this point, you're getting all his frustrations are bubbling over. At this point, he has a thousand different things he wants to say and do and achieve, and none of them... Um, 
and doesn't know what to do with any of them, um, you're very much getting the impression that one of the reasons he hasn't come back is because he hasn't been able to or allowed to. He presumably can't plan our travel on his own, and thus he can't leave the fable without Nerissa's help, without Titania's help or permission. So he's been stuck there just mulling on this for a long time. This isn't what a man does. I need to stop your influence. And he rummages around. Pulls out a potion. Drinks it. So I just track around the battlefield. Found you. You can't hide from me anymore, Faye. And he turns his bow towards Tristan, as if he can now see him unerringly. Yep. So did Tristan have greater invisibility up? Yes, yes he did. Oh, so well he done. cast greater invisibility. Cool. Alright, but that's alright because he can't shoot Tristan this round because it's his standard act, because he used his... Correct, he draws the potion, he drinks it, he flies his escarite around in circles a bit. Kill him lives! Um, but you see that one of the reasons you, you can pick up, the reason he hasn't been back to talk to Kaelin is because yeah. he can't. Yeah. Um, he's been thinking about this for a long time, and he really doesn't think that the right thing to do here is to kill you. Yeah. And he really doesn't want to do it. If he did, you think he could live with it. But if he's got any choice in the matter... And yeah. and now that Kale, now he's at the kind of now Kellen's at the kind of hit point total where killing him is a realistic possibility. Yeah, yeah. well, well Tris is Tris quite is... realistic. Shooting you a couple of times is not actually all that big a deal. No, no. But it's if I full attack you, I could drop you here. And he goes, yes. Then I'd get the swords, and and my brother would die. Uh, shit. There has to be a plan B. <laughs> Let me just pause and think about it. No. I can I can make better choices, he says. <laughs> Drinks the potion of sea invisibility and finds the evil Fae that has been manipulating you this whole time. Yeah. Turns his attention to Tristan. And then you're up. Uh Tristan's up technically. Yeah. Well, I figure we'll probably keep going through this at this yeah. point. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. Tristan looks to me, says, You blame me. It's fair. I blame myself. But just remember, I didn't choose this any more than you did. You think anyone asked baby changeling whoever I am? I I stole everything from you, even your name. But it wasn't my choice. Someone else made that choice for me. I didn't have any more choice in the matter than you did. Any more than Titania does. We can do what she can't. We can choose differently. I don't want to fight you. But I trust my brother. And we can't let you have those swords. And... He will let fly into the escarite. Yep. Splat, splat. No, I put them all in. Um, 
extra fire things. No, Tristan's only been damaged by the Escarites, which is DR, doesn't have a word of less. Because uh, Tristan's not shooting cold iron arrows, yeah, yeah. the kind of things you keep when you live in the first world. Yeah. Alright, so that's four hits on the Escarite. Yep, that's the spirit. It begins sailing out of the sky, and about halfway down just dissolves into dust. Uh, Triss will leap off it, roll with ease, um, land as best he can. Um, he definitely deliberately dismounts from it as effectively as he can, rolls as best he can, and lands on the ground with a thud. Yeah. But he's still falling a good 60 foot. Yeah. He's just soaking some of it. And he goes smack into the ground for 18 points of damage. Cool. Yeah, the... I don't want to... Do, uh, it, it, it's notable that Caitlin and Tristram have thus far taken no offensive actions directly against Triss, but I'm drawing... I, I drew a line under the mount. We can kill that thing. Uh, and at that point, Tristan will mount up on his horse. Cool. Which he does as a free action with ease. Yep. He doesn't need to roll for that anymore. Vunk. Could you put him on his horse, please? Yes. Actually, you might as well mount on the back one. Yep. Struthers. Yep. And then it is Caleb. Alright. Um, Just you and me and me now. Yeah. Alright. Um, Caleb will five foot towards the atom. Yep. And, Probably um, eviscerate his face. And um, stab it. Uh... I just critted the end. Which you confirm what Automatically, because of my... Uh, do I need to make any more attacks, or can we just... No, no, you don't. You're welcome to roll your damage if you desire. No, that's okay. Cool. <laughs> he can take another ten points of damage. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so, um... Kaelin goes up to 36 hit points, and then looks around the battlefield completely denuded of opponents. Has only taken a single standard action. Yep. And for his move action... Moves into melee with Triss. Um, and as a quick, and as a free action, she's, um, she's sacrifice. Oh, that's ballsy. <laughs> so you're gonna walk up there completely unarmed, basically? Yeah, I'm going to sheath sacrifice and move up to him. Look. That bit right there, where you drank a potion to look for him instead of killing me? You could have killed me just then. I'm pretty badly hurt. But you don't want to kill me. You want to get the swords and achieve your destiny and be king and all that stuff. But you don't want to kill me. Here's the thing. I don't want to kill you. I could have been throwing the sword at you this whole time. And it wasn't just because you were... Or I could have been throwing it at that thing, although that was more because I didn't have a... had a... Suppliable components to choose from. He doesn't want to kill you either. Look, you're a damn fine fighter, but violence doesn't solve every damn thing in the world. I'm not giving you the swords. And if you want to kill me for them, Caitlin takes a breath, you can. But I'm not going to make it easy for you. I'm not fighting you. 
you can kill me. But I'm not going to give you this one. Ooh. If you want to fight me to see who's best, that's one thing. But you brought a lot of opponents, and that's fair enough. But that's not a fight to see who's best. I'm not fighting you. And Kalen will fold his arms and, and um, look over at Tr- Triss and shake his head. And look over at the general direction yep. of where the horse is, because he doesn't know where Triss is exactly. Because he can't see the Tristan, because he can't see the invisibility and shake his head. And Kaelin just stand, and Kaelin doesn't have any more actions, but um, even if he did, he would not use them. And Tris will land, he lands with a thud hard on one knee, comes back up, sort of bow still out, backs away from you. Yeah. Um, I don't want to hurt you. But I have to kill him. It's the only way I get my life back. Everyone knows he's a changeling. If you want to be Tristorn, we've got a manor now. Van Thorn, that's, Van Thorn stays there all the time when he's in the city. He'd love a chance to talk to you. Father's off um, honeymooning with Cressel, but the thing he told me before he left was, send me word if you've heard any sign of Triss and I'll come back. You you don't have to kill him to be Triss Thor. That's who you are. Who he is, we don't have another name for him, so we call him Tristram. But we know he's not you. I love him for who he is. But that doesn't mean I can't love you. I don't know you very well. But you're still my brother. And he delays. Yeah. <laughs> Tristan goes to ride the horse forward, finds something is terribly wrong with it. It moves incredibly slowly, like it's been badly lamed. Looks, um, invisibly looks confused for a moment, and given that um, Triss can see him anyway, he will drop the invisibility at this point, and dismounts the horse rapidly and steps over at high speed. Um. Uh Oh! (laughs) And so something has been done to the horse, presumably by the ringling man. Yeah, that explains. Um, And Tristan... I'm so sorry that I stole your life. I'm so sorry that I stole your your destiny, everything. I can't make it up to you. And I, I can only imagine what it felt like to grow up alone like that in the first world 
But you know, I can't imagine what it felt like to be somewhere where you know you're not supposed to be, to be somewhere where it isn't right, where you just have to make the best of what you've got. And I did. And so did you. I can't just give you back your life. It isn't yours anymore. It's mine. If you'd been there, everything would have been different. None of us can guess how that could have been. There's no way I can ever apologize to you or make this up to you. You're my brother. And Triss glares at him. He says, I'm not. Yes, you are. As Tristan just blatantly interrupts him and yells across the top of him. Yes, you are. In the same way that he is. In the same way that Van is. It doesn't have to be blood. It just has to be family. You choose what happens next. If you want your life. If you think this will help. If this will bring you peace, then it's the only thing that I can do to make up for it. I can't apologize. But if this will help you get your life back, then take it. And he drops his bow and walks in through the arrow. (laughs) And Triss looks at him and a lot of convoluted emotions run across his face. And then he fires. <laughs> Repeatedly. Yeah. Three. Uh, so. Tristan makes no real effort to avoid these, so he is down to his flat footed, which he can still miss with a couple of. strike Tristan one after another and Tristan staggers and Trist looks at this and drops his longbow on the ground (laughs) as if realizing now that he's had that moment and had those near fatal shots actually it hasn't brought him any peace or any happiness and he drops the bow on the ground and just backs away. I... 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 Kenton steps forward. Don't go back this time. If I said the right thing, done the right thing, I'd spend the past couple of years wishing I'd known more about what you'd been through, what you'd suffered, wishing I'd said something different. Come home. You're the only person that's ever told me the truth in my whole life. And he reaches down, pulls his hatchet out, 
sort of looks at his own wrist for a moment, then he just shakes his head, sort of wang, wang, throws the hatchet down, pulls out the lance, jams it into the ground, disarms himself of several weapons. Looks to Tristan. It's your life. That doesn't mean I can't have something. His life is better now we stop trying to be you. Your life can be better if you stop trying to convince people you're the real you. You don't have to prove you're not him. You can figure out who you is. So, big brother, what the hell do we do now? Dun dun dun! dun.